So, are you ready? I was born ready, sweetness. Oh my goodness! 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 Not another! Not another! Not another! Not another podcast! Well, actually, that's that's quite all right then. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of... Oh my goodness, not oh another my goodness, podcast. not another podcast. Oh my goodness, not another podcast. Oh, so we, we were synchronized there like the uh, Japanese swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be watching that? Damn straight. I love you all, I lo- one of my favorite Olympic uh, events is the synchronized swimming. I love that. I always go and try and spot the nose clips. Oh, why? They've become quite cunning. They've become quite cunning over the last few years. And, they, you know, seafood ones and all sorts of other... They have. Did, sorry, James, were you happy with that? Oh my goodness, not another podcast. <laughs> I think it was hilarious. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I think it was hilarious. It had a nice little echo quality I'm sorry there. if I wasn't meant to say anything yet. <laughs> oh, you know, usually, actually, that's my fault. Usually, I, we, kind of, that's the only part of the podcast that's scripted before we start the record. And I sat there and I was, as I started that, I was like, crap, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I stuffed it up. <laughs> no, it was perfect. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, You're so. making me feel very comfortable. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Today we have Melindria, since Jeffy always wants the ladies first. Uh-huh. So, first. hello, Melindria. Hello there. How you doing? And then we have Melindria's husband, 42. G'day, mates. Hello. <laughs> G'day, mates. Very nice. And then, of course, we have Mr. L. Jeppy. Two weeks in a row, undefeated. Dun, 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 dun. I think we haven't had that since episodes two and three. I know, and you won't have it again. Wait a minute. It's only because I knew Mel and Fox episodes, two were going to be you, on. I thought, whoa, I better come back for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that might mean another, what, seven-week gap? Oh, I think it's only going to be two. Well, now that, now, that, now that Dreams has started getting more interesting guests, I might pop along a bit more. Oh, he's so sweet. There's been, been a dearth of them, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Shaya's dead boring. Well, you know what? You never told me about Shaya. Never told me. Just just went ahead and recorded. Never even gave me the chance to come on the show. She wanted him all to herself. <laughs> I didn't know that you would have wanted to like, come on with him. You like, record with him every week. Shaya? You had a Shaya on a podcast and you didn't ask me? No. Uh, he was very mad at me. He told me that I was never going to get him on the podcast again. Jeffy was very upset at me. He's like, how in the world can I follow a show? I'm not following a show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've got to go and follow Juno and Jeffy. That's pretty tough. We had to do it together. It was too scary. And Nick Grove. <laughs> Well, Gino and Jeppy, I, I have had on before. They're some of my favorite ones to record with because we just, we flow very well. Kicking the teeth to the current guests. Well done. <laughs> that is not kicking the teeth of the current guests. It's complimenting Listen, you the last guest. But I've had some good people on in the past. That oh. is not what I was Gosh. saying. Notice he is putting words in my mouth. Do not believe him. Oh, well, the big educational buzzword now is resilience. So all you're doing is going and encouraging resilience in us. Ah, actually, I sell a lot of resilience gear. That's cool. <laughs> don't listen to jeffy sometimes he is very ornery always always yes okay so melandria and 42 i'm probably going to call you mel and i don't think i'll call you 40 because that knocks off two from your name but it'll be mel and 42 tell us a little bit about yourselves wow straight in no messing about yes 
Um, we met way back in 19... Oh, I've forgotten. It was so yeah. long ago. We got married because we told everybody... So 20, we've been married for 25 years. Can you yes. tell from the way we're talking? Wow. That's awesome. That we awesome. met at uni and I thought I'd sit next to somebody who was organised, thorough and hardworking. Um, you were wrong? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to find out. <laughs> And my story is that I was in the chemistry lab, which was enormous because it was at uni, and you had to pick your desk and you were warned, you're going to be stuck with this desk for the next year. Whoever sits at the desk you're going to have to work with. And I'd pick my desk and I was standing there looking, thinking, oh, God, oh, God, who's going to stand here? And there was this really raucous, loud, tall, Yankee person wandering along, flirting outrageously with everything female. And for some reason, it decided to sit at the other end of my bench. And the other two people that were in between us never came back. So we had to work together and... Um, We've been working together and living together and loving together ever since. It's been really nice. Fate. 42. But he's not American. (laughs) (laughs) He'd been on the American Youth Exchange and he had come back with an accent that he was playing up like crazy to go and impress the females. It was hilarious. Uh, Cunning. That's what I'm doing all the time. I'm I'm actually American. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's definitely working, Jeppy. It's definitely working. (laughs) I find it hilarious that I guess – when we look at accents, we kind of look at it a little backwards because I see you guys as having the awesome accents. And, you know, I, I see myself as not really having one. <laughs> but I suppose that depending on where you're from, that would be not as true. <laughs> There's going to so, be someone to listening everyone. who's going to think all three or four of us have got accents. Yeah. Yes. And that's not everyone, no, they don't have the accent. Everyone feels that because obviously an accent is in addition to their own sounding voice. So Right. So, That's quite yes. true. Although That's I have to say, American sucks. So. <laughs> they use all the wrong words, like math instead of math. Oh, yeah, and they try and make, yeah, exactly. They're trying to shorten words, taking out the use where there should yes. be use. Whereas in Australia, you know, you put a word on the end of the words make the syllables. See, that's what I was going to say. Americans don't shorten the syllables. We just take out the use. See. Australians have like a totally different language that they used to talk to each other where they shorten every word to one syllable. And you're only if you live in Australia do you know exactly what they're talking about. Actually, my favourite. Don't know Australian, what you mean. I like they're adding O's, don't they? They add O's to stuff. Yes. So, Ambo. They're going, uh, going to call the Ambo. I'll see you. It's Arvo. Arvo. I like that one. That's one of my faves, actually. Arvo. <laughs> see, we don't even, I don't even notice that because to me, that's how you speak. Yeah. <laughs> I think when we've spoken before, I've had to stop you and go, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> I still remember the first time we went to America and we were looking for, um, I would imagine you'd call it a sweatshirt, but we over in Australia at that time were calling them sloppy joes. So we'd walk into a sportswear shop and say, you know, we're looking for a sloppy joe. And they'd say, well, the food court's over there. And we'd be looking oh, yeah. at them saying, no, I don't think we're communicating here. <laughs> Jeppy has a story when he came to the US that cracks me up. But if he wants to tell it, I'll let him tell it. Well, there's a very, sorry, go on, Jeppy. I don't know what you're talking about. The the story about the eraser. Oh, oh asking for yeah, asking for a rubber and then you know, <laughs> that's the like we store. Ask for a Forex. Exactly, yeah. In Australia a Forex is a brand of beer. But I believe in other countries it might represent something else. Jeff, you well, might remember an ad that was in England where they had a guy in England buying a packet of condoms, which was Jurex. Jurex in Australia is a brand it's of like sticky tape. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sellotape and then the next picture sees him covered in sellotape. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have to i guess in this day and age with the globalization there's those sort of things don't happen but in the past when to have to Not have durex to be a sticky tape <laughs> oh, 
the sticky tape has come back in though through Dora the Explorer and it always drives me nuts. I'm just like, why don't they just call it tape? The fact that it is tape means that it is sticky. Really? What about tape that you record stuff onto? No, obsolete. Isn't it funny? Because when uh, Shan asked me, <laughs> when my wife asked me what I'm doing, I said, oh, I'll, I'll be taping. I'll be taping later. No, it's no not tape. been the technology for so long, has it? <laughs> no tape. <laughs> you know what, though? I've said that too, though. I've told my husband, I was like, we're taping tomorrow. And he's just like, taping? Really? <laughs> oh, <DK. laughs> That's so last century. <laughs> I know, right? You're taping on electrons. Yeah, or taking exactly. them off. <laughs> Sorry, when you were talking about the Jurex and the et cetera, et cetera, I was flashing back to what I think, and I, was, I start to lower the tone of the podcast immediately. Uh, the best <laughs> condom ad I ever saw was one where you see this young teenage guy. He's in the shopping, in the what do you call it, supermarket in the supermarket aisle, and his child basically almost jumps out of the trolley, I think, and just <sighs> lies on the floor. It's having this screamy, me, 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 me fit, and just it's intense, and it's one of those ones where you just want to pick him up and say, that's enough. But he just watched it, and at the end, the, just cut to his face and said, should have worn a condom. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a news article today about men and grocery store aisles. We'll get there. But yes, but like before we get there. News was, news was coming. I know. Isn't it amazing? We didn't drop on it. I usually am, believe it or not. (laughs) No. To follow from last podcast, we had a little discussion on several books last podcast when we were reading. There was actually a blog post that a woman had posted where she was showing her six-year-old book covers and asking the child what she thought would be inside the book by judging the cover and its cover Mm -hmm. exactly and i thought it was fascinating and we of course jeppy and juno and i had a blast going through all those books and apparently melindria had a blast listening to it and she was yelling at us um I'm and used so, to that. But, <laughs> Do we make simple mistakes? Do we make lots of mistakes? No, no. It was like, why have you not read that author? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you have okay. to read that book. And, oh, my gosh. Jeppy, you are so well read. Um, Which I knew so already. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't go so down the boot of, what are you, stupid? <laughs> no, Jeppy, that was that was your role That's in your that line. podcast, apparently. Yes. I actually figured out, or my husband was texting me while he was listening to the episode, and he would text me random things like, yes, I've read it. And I was like, read what? He's probably read it. He's probably read it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the clockwork orange. That one was. And then he's like, you're thinking of Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. And I went, when? And it must <laughs> yeah. have been. <laughs> and it must have been during, um, oh goodness, which one was that? Jeppy's favorite. Which one was your favorite, Jeppy? Catch Plane 2. No, no, That's not that What? Maybe that was, yeah, you know what, I think it was. And I was thinking of the wrong book, and I couldn't figure out what book I was thinking of. And my husband told me what book I was thinking of. It was The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. And so, but Melindra yelled at us a lot, as she's already mentioned. And so yeah, I wanted to ask. In an encouraging way. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I didn't think you were, uh, well, obviously, you're guesting on the podcast. So <laughs> obviously, it was not in a negative way. But what are some of your favorite authors? Do we have enough time? I'll let you know. Okay, we will a lot about 15 minutes. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I said some, not all. <laughs> well, one of my favorite books is a guy, it's written by a guy called Alan Pierce. It's probably about two or 300 pages long, and it's called What Men Know About Women, and it's yeah. pages. <laughs> I've seen that one. I think there's one similarly that says What Women Know About Men, and that one is also blank. <laughs> mm. 
think I saw that one at Spencer's, actually. Up until I met Mel, um, I used to be able to choose books and be able to pick anything I like, but since then she's been choosing for me. <laughs> so I now like science fiction. I like the Discworlds. I... <laughs> Like, I'll tell you in a minute what you like. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what I like. I remember when I had choice. It was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, you have been married for 25 years, so whatever is working or whatever's going on, it, it's apparently working because there are many people that will never meet that milestone, or people that you know. A lot of marriages don't meet that milestone. It's got to be something with your family, I think, because both our parents were. Um, at least they made it to 45 years, didn't they? And then, yeah. yeah. And my parents hit the 50 years together and are still trundling along quite happily together. So, yeah, good role models. I hope we're good role models for our two kids. You did ask us about us and we didn't actually mention that after we met in the chemistry lab, we have got two lovely children who would be very upset if we On didn't mention that. the chemistry lab? Them what? We had chemistry. Biology instantly. lab, chemistry lab. Like um, test tube babies. Biology or chemistry, it both works for making the babies. Uh, yeah. It works very well for making the babies. Uh, we would <laughs> when they did the sex ed classes when they were like eight years old and they had specialist mm-hmm. teachers coming to handle it in a caring, sharing way. They'd ask questions. And I, apparently, because I was a parent teacher, not on my own, but apparently when um, our child put their hand up for the 12th time in a row, they just said, okay, we get it. Your parent's a doctor. We're like... Just let it go. <laughs> they were correcting people. So we had to sort of say, okay, that's pretty good. They know what they're doing or what they shouldn't do. Would you like, they should do it. <laughs> would you like to not offend your children even more or rather embarrass them quite greatly as, well, one of the submissions to call mention? Uh, and tell us a little bit about them. Well, if you do that, you're not going to have any time because we, we're terribly proud parents and we'll go on and on. <laughs> But um, well, oh, the girl, you do the boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the boy is actually. Oh my God! He's standing <laughs> behind us. He um, listens to your podcast, and for some does he really? That's awesome. Yeah. He and he plays the game, and <laughs> for some reason he's developed the thing about his nipples. <laughs> and I am telling the story outside of you to teach you the He's lying on the floor <laughs> laughing. In the doorway, pulling his shirt down and circling his nipple with his finger, and I don't know what it's meant to me, but it really puts me off for some sort of <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. Is he doing that right <laughs> now? She heard us talking about my son's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to stop distracting my guests. <laughs> what are you doing? We're not talking about you. It's okay. I'll talk about you in five minutes. <laughs> You might need to edit that out if she doesn't give a vision. Oh, it's okay. We warned them both not to come into the room. We told them that if they did, they were a fair game, and they both did. <laughs> well, they're trying to distract my guests, so what they get is what they get. That's exactly right. Oh, apparently it's because we have the ch- birthday chocolate here. And uh, belated uh... for you, drinks. <laughs> Um, so the uh, daughter unit, which has just come in and stolen some of our birthday chocolate, uh, is <laughs> studying hard. She loves her sport. She plays netball and water polo. She debates. She's um, doing extremely well, and she is finally clicking in and starting to like reading science fiction and fantasy. So I'm really, really happy because that's what I like to read. And uh, we went on a that trip I think we talked about on call where we drove up to Queensland, a thousand kilometre trip. And basically mm-hmm. um, she read the whole way, she read the whole way back. And that's, you know, I'm just so happy that's starting to click in for her. And um, she's beautiful. Oh, she's lucky. Beautiful. I can't read in the car. No, I didn't tell her what you were reading. I just said you were reading. <laughs> <laughs> 
they were thick books. It's okay. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about the 42 Sun 21, Alvin Sun? We 21. call it 21, half 42 and half. Half of 42. I, I find that absolutely hilarious. Yes. And the fact that he'll actually state when he comes online, this isn't 42, this is 21, it cracks me up. Mm. Yes. He's much better at WoW than both of us. He's the one that actually knows how to push the right buttons and cools down, cool downs and things like that. <laughs> he did the torch tossing, didn't he? Oh, exactly. He's... One of us, I was quite offended, actually. 42 made it sound like he did it for both of us. And I was like, no, my achievement. <laughs> and we spent four hours today watching him play rugby, which was really good fun. The actual wow. game only goes for an hour, but you've got to turn up early and stay late because he's in his final year at school. Yeah, so we're all doing our very first, um, I don't know if you'd call it a leaving certificate, A-levels over here at CHSC because we're in New South Wales in Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we and so he's going to leave, high, yes. like, well, I guess we would call it high school. Yeah, yes. leaving high school. He's getting okay. ready to go to uni. Which would be your college. Cool. Yeah. And he's got exams okay. in probably about two or three weeks. <laughs> and he also likes to read science fiction because Mel is a very strong reader and we get no choice in this family. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, um, I think you'd appreciate, Jeppy, we had to buy him his entire set of Eddings because he kept on borrowing our first editions and just putting them down face down and cracking oh. the backs off. So, yeah, he's got his own set to demolish now. Was, when I was a teenager, I remember. As well. <gasps> <laughs> I, I got them back and they were, oh, geez, I almost killed a few kids, to be honest. <laughs> I remember when the- I was a kid, I snuck out the Eddings and I would take them to my room and hide them under my bed and I would read them. And because my parents, for some reason, they had told me, don't read these ones. And it wasn't because really? like, yeah, because I guess there's, Violent? I don't know, I was like 14 and there's some graphic parts in it, but I was 13, 14. Um, not with like anything sexual content or anything, mm. of course, but the if you think about the battle scenes, they're fairly graphic. Mm. And so they did not want me reading those. But so I would take them and I would hide them under my bed and I would read them and then I would take them back and I would put them back in the in the bookshelf. And I was very disappointed the last time I went to a bookstore and I couldn't find anything except for the Belgrath the Sorcerer and Polgar the Sorceress and stuff like that. I couldn't find the Pawn of Prophecy and I couldn't no find way. some of the others. And I was like, ah. Oh, and so, yeah, yeah an but they're just like, they? but you can order it. To an omnibus version as well. Mm. Malone, well, maybe your parents know. were using reverse psychology on you and trying to get you to actually read the David Eddings by making it forbidden. Uh, oh no, I was one. I've always read when I was younger. They would get me Nancy Drew novels. Yes, I used to read those, <laughs> and they Far would buy me three. <laughs> They would buy me three, and they're just like, there's no point in buying it for you because they buy it for me in the morning, and I have all three of them finished before the evening. And so they would get very upset at me. So we should have lived <laughs> well, in the same town. Well, not upset that I was reading, but upset that, of it. you know, that they, they would finish, or that I would finish them so quickly. They're just like, we can't keep up with you. <laughs> That's what libraries were invented for. Yes. At the time... We were living, well, you see, we lived in Germany for some portions, and then we lived back here in the U.S., and in Germany, we lived off base, and so we had to go on to base to buy things, and then as I was older and we moved on to base, I was able to just walk to get to places that I needed to go, but, and then when we moved back to the U.S., the the bookstore just happened to be quite a while away, and I didn't have a driver's license yet, and so it just took a bit. But okay, so obviously David Eddings is amongst one of your favorites. And so what else? Well, one of the first books Mel ever gave me was a book by Piers Anthony, and I still remember it because she gave it to me, and I was reading it there. We were both at uni. Probably had to go off to a lecture or something like that, and I folded the page over. It was like the first time she growled oh. at me. What are you doing that for? Why are you doing that? And I haven't done it again ever. <laughs> What are you complaining about? 
I, the I have way to, to remember that is to chop the finger off the offender and say, now use that as a bookmark. That would be quite a bloody bookmark. I think that would not uh, you, accomplish yeah, risk quite of what you want. Yes. <laughs> I have to I admit, it through, sorry. No. I, would, I will confess Mm-hmm. That I am a book dog ear person. <gasps> I fold pages. However, I do not fold over the pages for books that are not mine. How do you how, I, I, see? If I get lost in a book, I, could, I wouldn't be able to remember not to if I had that habit. Mm-hmm. And since I used to borrow so many books, I had to learn not to have the habit. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I just I don't know when it's not my book, I'm more conscious of it, and I do not fold over the pages. When it is my book, I will fold over the pages. But then again, now I have a nook, and so all I have to do is tap the top corner of the page, and it puts a little bookmark there for me. Because of so, seven nooks you broke by trying to fold them. You learned um, that yes. <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> I look at our bookshelf now, and we've got C.S. Lewis followed by Tolkien and nice. Tolkien and Tolkien and Tolkien. <laughs> Some more Narnia books. So, followed um, by all my companion guides to the Buffy the Vampire series, which is my TV tra- tragedy. I love yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then you get a couple of my workbooks like Money Market Maths, which most people wouldn't be interested in. But this is um, because you're only looking at the little bookshelf. Yeah. It's got the books we had to lift up because they were really expensive versions. And there's the thousand books in the front room that you're not looking at because the cord <laughs> won't lead you there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a good, if you get a chance, I don't know if it's available for download from the BBC site, but there's a, mm-hmm. about a couple of weeks ago, there was a thing called Dons and Dragons, which was, wow. uh, it's only like a half hour thing, but it was about C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien and, and how... The, the, this group of people who come out of, of the colleges in, in Oxford. Oh, what were they called? Know. The Inklings. Oh, Inklings, yeah. And yeah. the pub that they all used to eat and drinking and so on. So it's very interesting. Cause it, cause no, that'd be fascinating. You wonder why such a small area of the in, of England would produce such you know influential writers. Mm. It's very good. Mm. Very cool. I, I like both authors, so I might have to go look that up and see if I can find it. Yeah, so I I think sometimes they they leave them on the i the iPlayer or the BBC site for quite some time, but other times they come off really quickly. So the BBC site is very strange because sometimes for us in Australia, because sometimes you can access stuff. Um, usually uh, you show on oh, like on the podcasts and things from the BBC. It's the ones that are the more um, time sensitive ones. So you know it's the, the news comedy of the week and things like that. But the true yeah. classics, they don't seem to let those for some strange reason go out there for free. So um, would depend, mm. I suppose, on the licensing. Sometimes yeah. we can well, get their stuff, and sometimes I may, we can't. I may have kept a copy of it. So if I do take it out, I will mm. send it. That would be very interesting. Very interesting. Mm. All right. So, and obviously Douglas Adams, I should say. You should. Oh, I love him. Yeah. yeah. Well, given that your handle is forty-two, yeah, I think that's probably a given. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The other title I want to use is Bowl of Petunias. One day. <laughs> but that's too long. Bowl of Petunias. And if he said, yes. and he said, not again. And if he knew what that meant, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, that's when you do one of your pairs of tunes, Jeffy. You should have Bowl of Petunias and Not Again together. That not would be again. awesome. I love, I love the uh, conversation the whale has with itself. Ooh, what's this thing coming oh. rapidly towards me? <laughs> <laughs> I give it a name. It's, it's a big round, friendly sound. I think we'll call it the ground. I wonder well. if it'll <laughs> And the next shot is them walking amongst the check chunks of whale blubber. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. I loved that. <laughs> Okay, so I believe that this has been a lot of fun so far, but I believe we can go ahead and start into our first news article. And this is one I believe Melindria has been looking forward to. Apparently, our poo stories are becoming uh, 
quite fascinating. Apparently, there is a zoo that has started selling reindeer dung necklaces. <laughs> it says that it's an Illinois zoo and it's selling sterilized reindeer droppings in the form of magical reindeer gem pendant necklaces available at its gift shop and through mail order. What fascinates me is that they are charging $20 for these necklaces. So you're paying $20 for reindeer poo. But you've got glitter on the poo. You know, the glitter must be highly exclusive. And then they've got a shot of the actual reindeer that provided it. <laughs> I, I can't say that they, they, they cleaned. They cleaned the poo. It's How can you clean poo? It's sterilized. That's what you just said. Well, that's true. Well, if you put it through that's gamma true. radiation or something, probably they do something like that. That's probably where the okay. expense is. Yeah, that just would be a lot more than twenty dollars, though. Just chuck it in with the tomatoes. They're happy to hack, keep it. Good fertilizer. This is what I don't understand. We've got what she always wanted: reindeer dung necklace as the uh, main heading, and then down it says other stories on our radar: man's penis stolen in his sleep. <laughs> And then and then story? after that, five things you didn't know about sex at the Olympic Village. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of it. <laughs> I don't know. I would think they would be tired, but that's just me. What a about lot of the nations getting it? knocked out early? <laughs> but they're saying no in the story? story that they were trying to replace a lot of money they lost on their budget cuts. Budget cuts. Two hundred thousand dollars with twenty dollar necklaces. That would be a lot of That's necklaces. That's ten thousand necklaces. Yeah, you might have a you know a spike in interest, but I can't imagine them going on sale for ages and doing well. Our zoo, we've got a beautiful zoo, Taronga Zoo, which was right on the harbour. You can see the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House from it. It's the most magnificent view that you can get from a zoo. I've been to a lot of zoos around the world, and I'm not biased at all. Um, <laughs> They used to sell zoo poo and they sold it, you know, obviously as a fundraiser, etc. But they were also making the point that if you have poo with lion feces in there and all the big cat feces, it was really good apparently from keeping the dogs and cats off your garden. Mm. Oh, really? So they were selling it as fertilizer? They were selling no, it as, as fertilizer, as but also as a pet deterrent. Yeah. yeah. Keeping wow. uh, cats out of your garden. Which you can understand, yeah. can't you? Because if a cat comes along and goes, lion, okay, I think I'll give this garden a miss. <laughs> Well, then it could have scared it all out of it right then and there. (laughs) (laughs) It begs the question, though, that, you know, a lot of these domesticated animals, how would they know what a lion smells like? Because it's inherent. It's built into them. Hmm. It's their their cousin. Well, but I don't know. I would think that maybe in time they would lose some of that instinct, especially if they're inside and, you know, pampered. There's definitely a learning element as well, but I would imagine cat pee... It would be a pretty intense smell, you know, even whatever variety of cat. That's how they mark their territory. Yeah, cat pee is pretty strong stuff. Mm. Which I've never understood that phrase, you know, as weak as cat's piss, because we had to study it at uni and it's not weak at all. It's one of the most concentrated ones. And we didn't know it's horrible. It's horrible. To jump back a tiny bit with this, one of the stories, when we were at uni, one of the guys we had that was a friend absolutely loves fossils, and he turned up one day at lunchtime with a stone and was handing the stone around, and everyone's playing with it. One of the girls that took it absolutely bright, she ended up being in control of the um, a big biology section at the uni, so huge IQ and all that sort of thing. The guy hands her the stone. She looks at it and says, what is it? Coprolite. She goes, what's that? No way. Fossilised poo. And she screamed and threw it away because she thought her hands were covered in poo. The only thing was, what, 50,000 years old or something like that? Oh, my gosh. Yes. 
And now she's teaching. It sounds like something my daughter would do. (laughs) I actually have some of that in my um, lab Mm. with like, I'm a biology teacher, and I have Mm -hmm. some of that when we do fossils. That's like the one fossil. I've got a lovely fossil fish. Nobody cares. The fossil poo is the one that everybody has to touch, and it's the one I have to count because I've got about four specimens of it. And it's the one that actually has gone missing. I've had to actually say, okay, who's got the poo? And get it back in because (laughs) it's the one that's got the feature that everyone's all fascinated with. So, what's it called? Coprolite. Coprolite, yep. Coprolite. Oh, that's a new word. Don't ask me to spell it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't know the coprolite word either, so. Yeah, that's good. Love learning new stuff. Yes. I find it interesting that she threw it away. I mean, obviously, she would know if it was all over her hands because it would be squishy. And if it's not squishy because it's fossilized, she should be able to tell that you can bang it on a desk and she would, you know. It's one of those things, you know, she must have been trained very early on. Poo bad. Yes. Watch her listen to this podcast and then, you know, send you nasty emails. (laughs) Why are you telling the stories about me? Cop for light mining? (laughs) What? They wouldn't make good shovels. <laughs> you said they would or they wouldn't? Would not. Would not. Would not unless oh. it's a very, very big dinosaur. Oof. And it got stepped on. Mm. The poo, not the dinosaur. Coprolite is fossilite feces, according to Wikipedia. Fossilite feces. Compost. Yeah. Oh, it's from the Greek word. It's a mean tongue. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> You're into the learning. <laughs> Two out oh my four God! Of there's some teachers. excellent yes. pictures on the yeah. old uh, Wikipedia of a huge mm-hmm. pile of coprolite. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Jeppy does some teaching too. Just I did not, not know that in the school. So yes, well, he, he does, does teaching every time he appears on a podcast, doesn't he? Oh, I, I home teach my children. Yes, I was going to say no. He actually does teach. <laughs> <laughs> and also, my uh, my job was a lot of training when I was when I was in the navy and in the merchant navy. It's mainly training and teaching and so on and so forth. Sometime I'm going to get Jeppy to state some of the things about him because his life has actually been rather fascinating as well. Mm. Everybody's got more interesting lives than I do. <laughs> oh, everybody's life is interesting to but everybody says that. Hadn't led it life. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. I suppose it is. That's true. true. But yeah, Jeppy Jeppy's life is rather fascinating, and so sometime I will try to get him to state a bit about himself. Anyway, do you think that? Melindria, have you always wanted a reindeer dime necklace? It does say what she's always wanted. I think I probably would have wanted a coprolite necklace more than I would have wanted a glitter-encrusted reindeer dung necklace. Yeah, that's too close (laughs) to the animal, that that stuff. That's like, you know, the animal is not a million miles away. Well, looking at that picture, is it only like that little bead in the middle that's the reindeer dung? Yeah, that's what I've assumed. Wow. And so other than that, it has some beads and... And they're very tacky. I don't know what that is at the top. Yeah. I'd like to know what happened when it rains. Does it melt on your chest? Oh, yuck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There are actually cross-light necklaces. I now know what you're going to get me for my next anniversary present. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want one of those after what you just said. <laughs> With matching earrings. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, well, there goes my uh, breakfast. <coughs> <laughs> well, that's okay because it's lunchtime for you. <laughs> well, I'm worried about bringing the tone down. I think we've done the job quite successfully. <laughs> 
It's a, I mean, really, it's a podcast that always starts with a story about poo. The tone can't be too, too high to begin with. <laughs> so you just reminded me, when you did the podcast with Ashayo, you went straight from what Ashayo does straight into talking about poo. And the team that he supports is Hawthorne, and their colours <laughs> are brown and yellow. <laughs> Oh. And, and I just thought that was such a nice link. They're not the ones called the bombers, are they? No, they're not the bombers. <laughs> no, they're the hawks, apparently. The hawks, yeah. The hawks. <laughs> oh, the bombers, though, that would be, oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> what colour are the bombers? I don't follow that code. I just know there's a team called the bombers. I think they're red and black. <laughs> I'm just trying to check. Essendon bombers. There you go. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, we've already decided that y'all's league over there is quite interesting. I need to, I still need to look up some of those games. That sounded, it, it sounded very, very interesting. We'll just put it that way. Okay. The second story I'd like to talk about is actually something we touched on. I told you that we would have a story about men and shopping in grocery stores. And so apparently there's a store that has launched a man aisle for shopping challenged dudes. This comes from the New York Post.com. Oh, I don't think I put what the last one was. The last one was newser.com for the poo story. That seems to be your go to place for poo. For poo, yeah, it is. That that's pretty much where I find the majority of my poo stories. Mm. Um, this one's at the New York Post, like I mentioned, and it, it essentially there's a grocery store that has decided to put everything that a man should need on one aisle, so they don't have to go anywhere in the store. They don't have to wander around aimlessly. They can just find everything they need and just get right back out of the store, so they don't have to shop like women, I suppose. And it says, <laughs> it's, it's in the middle of the article, it mentions that it's your essentials, explains Ian Jaskowitz, 43, Chief Operating Officer of Westside Market, New York City. It's your water, alcohol, soaps, shampoos, deodorants, and razors. If you're going to have some guys over to watch a game, you can pretty much stand here, not move two feet, get your beer, barbecue sauce, chips, whatever. It's all right here. And so they decided to just put everything a man might need right there in one place. It makes perfect sense. Well, you think I, so? I'm looking at the picture there and I'm just thinking there's a fatal flaw with the whole setup. What's that? Well, you actually have to look up and look down. It's not all at eye height. And <laughs> I suspect they're going that to find there's the a problem. <laughs> Unless they have big arrows saying it's over here. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I've just been shopping too many times. <laughs> they put a people at the door going saying, man, this way, please. <laughs> they said that actually what I found interesting on here is it on this one or was it on the other article that I read oh there it is it says that they created this section after reading an ESPN study showing that now 31% of men are shopping for their families up from the 14% in the 1980s so that's more than double the amount of men that are actually going and doing the shopping for their families but if they're shopping for their families I don't think everything would be in that aisle I do see that they have ramen noodles though that's perfect I think this is <laughs> Single man. Beer, uh, sport watching <laughs> yeah. supplies. You've got your Doritos, your beer, your t- ketchup, etc. So, yeah, that looks pretty manly. You're manly. Weak, weak yeah. man. Um, the, um, do you remember a while back, I don't know if it was the Freakonomics people, but actually, I think the study existed long before they actually got going, but the a supermarket worked out that on a Saturday, men would come in, they would be sent in by their wives to buy nappies because, you know, they needed nappies or whatever, or they needed baby stuff. And so they worked out that the best place to put the beer was just near the nappies because a man would come in and go, oh, I've got to get nappies. Oh, look, beer's on beer. special offer. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they, they redid the store so that they would be close together. I mean, the psychology of shopping is stunning. I've, 
there was a program a wee while back about how it was all you know how it was all very very in depth, and how and I've noticed this since I went to supermarket since it was on that the tiling of a store is based upon how quickly they want you to move through the aisle. So if really? the aisle if the tiling is very close together, you get click, 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 as you go through on the trolley, and you and you and you speed up a bit. But if they want you to browse to the more expensive items, the tiling is further apart, so your trolley goes click click. And you spend more time. I mean, obviously, all the other stuff about having fresh bread, baking, and coffee, and you know, the stuff that makes you feel like you could stay a wee bit longer, and lack of clocks and that type of things. I had never heard about that. Yeah, it's a, I mean, these the, the, obviously there's people that are paid vast amounts of money just to try and keep you spending. I mean, that's our culture as it stands these days, isn't it? Mm, it's all about money. Rotates around money. We've got a thing so. happening over on. Um, than where we live, obviously, over in here in Sydney. There's a couple of supermarkets in different suburbs that are known as the suburbs to go to. Do you have this in your place where you go through your aisle and you have your – it's the banana code, wasn't it? You had yeah. to have – if you were cruising for someone to meet that night, where you hung your bunch of bananas on your trolley, told them all about <laughs> you, your interests and what wow. you <laughs> And apparently, I mean, we actually went to the supermarket because we had to because on the way home from some school function we'd been to. And we had to actually go in and do real shopping. And there were an awful lot of people there and there were an awful lot of bananas on display. It was <laughs> fascinating. It's wow. a great thing, as it's the summer to meet people is the supermarket. Is the, yeah. is in, we were so scared about where we'd put the bananas in the trolley that day. We were carrying them in our hands. Well, that probably <laughs> what, what did that say about you? I mean, that's a tragic <laughs> He's very protective. You know, that, that could have said a lot. I'll <laughs> seven, perverts. I'll seven. <laughs> we could handle it. Oh, you could handle it very nice. Well, it might also mean that you could handle other people's bananas, which could take a very, very interesting connotation. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> that might have been what the signal was. Just when you've reached the lowest tone, dreams comes along, lowers it further. Uh, anyway, anyway, so my husband found this one, and I thought it was really funny that there were stores that were doing this. And I wonder actually how many stores will pick this up because it seems like a pretty good idea. I would think that it. they could even add things that they want men to buy and stick them there, or maybe like Jeppy said, they'll add the nappies to that aisle. They'll add the diapers. <laughs> they already do it for us because if you go down some of the aisles. The men's items that are the most popular are actually nearer the top and the women's items are a little bit lower because of the height thing. You'll find like the shaving creams and those sort of things are up higher than men oh, want. So it's not because they want women bending over? Uh, the men be. do, but <laughs> could be. But men tend to look up in shopping aisles. Women tend to look to the middle and down. Oh. So that's the prime place to sell if you want to sell something for a male as up high. And now that wow. I think about it, the chocolate's never up too high. That is true. Mm. The chocolate is usually right at eye level to make us beeline toward it the second we Did see it. Did you go get that whole thing where they banned them at the counter, at the till? Yes. Yes. We have, um, what do they call confectionery free aisles. Uh. They're not banned, but you can, as a parent, choose to go to those. I personally just thought saying the word no would work quite well. but Exactly, yeah. You have to not even show Wait, them. Wait, so the they've, created, they've created aisles that have no candy because parents can't say no to their children? They've got, you know, when you go to the checkout, they always have at the last minute, you know, the magazines on the end of the, um, while you're waiting to unload your trolley. They've got the magazines mm -hmm. on the end. They'll often have soft drinks. And there's always a slather of chewing gum and mints and chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. But there mm -hmm. are, in, um, in yeah, our country, they've got them, mm -hmm. just trying to think when we've been interstate. Yeah, they always have a couple of um, those checkouts have confectionery free so that you can just scoot your kids through there 
and not have to go and face saying no. Oh, I'm getting dragged. I say no to my children and I don't have a problem. Yeah, yes. but you're unique. You know, you and men, unfortunately, are unique. Most people, unfortunately, have to fight their children on a daily basis. Oh, I have to fight my children, just not about stuff like that. When I say no, you don't need any. My son will actually sometimes look at me before he even asks anything, and he'll look at me and he'll say, I know, I don't need any M&Ms. And I'll be, no, you don't. And he'll go, okay. But it would really be nice. Because <laughs> he's hoping that I'm going to go, yeah, you can have some. <laughs> but it makes when you say yes that, you know, extraly special time rather than just, oh, yeah, she's going to say it anyway. Right. Mm. You keep well, a little bit of surprise. Um, I'm always saying no to my children. No is a very short and easy word. It's shorter than yes. Yeah. No, but I mean, mine are generally very well behaved in public. They always have been since but you they were must have seen. You must have seen the complete oh. fit that kids can go through when they get to that to aisle. And the mum, mm-hmm. you know, who obviously has lots more on her mind than, than controlling the child. It's a, oh, I've it's seen a nightmare. it. I just... and, it, and the supermarkets know that. That's why they put the bloody things there. <laughs> They're yeah. not stupid. They know, they know that you know, even, I mean, even children aside, just us, our, ourselves, we walk through and we've, you know, done an hour of shopping. Oh, okay, a chockey bar or some, a new magazine or something. You know, a well, if I've dragged my kids around a store for an hour or two and they've been good the entire time, I'm very likely to say yes to give them a piece of candy, actually. It's right but, by hand. Mm. But, um, I mean, the kids that lay down and throw the temper tantrums and kick and scream. The only reason they do things like that is because they get away with it at home. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. At least that's that's the way, I, you know... Um, Poor 42 is like, he's <laughs> trying to get <laughs> yes. the last half hour, poor guy. <laughs> I'm used to that. I should give up. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. But- well, all I was going to say, there's been quite a few times, like in the shops, you've seen some poor mum with a kid that's having a fit, and both of us or one of us has gone up to them and gone, we're all on your side, mum, or, you know, be strong or something like that. You don't have mm-hmm. to say anything. You can just look at the mum because, you know, just say, you know, yeah, just go for it. Stick with your guns because... I Stick with it. I'm sure when I was younger. When other parents in the line will tut or they'll say, oh, can't you control your children? Because, you know, they're not having to face the same problems that perhaps this mum is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'd ever had any sympathy for the children before I had my own kids, once I had my own kids, oh, I'm completely on the parent's side. You know? Oh, I've never had sympathy for the children. I just look at them and say, seriously? Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> I mean, the the parents, though, some of those poor moms look like they're about to rip their hair out. And, you know, it's not always the moms that let them get away with things, or it's not always the moms that have given in to those things. Sometimes it's the dad. Sometimes it's a grandparent. Exactly. You know, if there's any, it's, you know, sometimes it's a complete stranger that just doesn't want to hear them scream and so anytime a child has been i guess anytime a child has gotten uh rewarded by it by getting what they want they realize well if i do it again maybe i'll get rewarded again and unfortunately when once it's happened once it takes another 20 times before they realize that it's not going to work again <laughs> yeah well so, occasionally it worked with um our grand the, the kids grandparents and we would just explain uh but that only works when there's a grandparent present can you see a grandparent right. it's not working <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, both both sets of grandparents in my life are very, very good about about keeping with the rules that we have. And except that, you know, granted, some some rules will be different in grandparents' house. At my mother in law's house, there's often cake for breakfast and things like that. <laughs> Wait a minute. When you say cake, like but, like we have scones and you have scones and they're different things and muffins and they're different things to an English muffin. Like what does cake mean? Cake with icing. <laughs> you mean cake. like okay. which you would get for a birthday. 
Okay. <laughs> but I just tell the kids, I was like, you know, you're at, you're at grandma's house, or in this case, you're at Abuelita's house. You are not going to get cake for breakfast when you come home, but feel free to eat it now. <laughs> mm, make the most of it, kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, make the most of it, of it. But no, that both sets of grandparents are very, very good about the kids. And I really... I, I trust both sets. And so that's that's very nice. <laughs> I know some who are just like, I can't leave my kids with my parents, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's not like they're going to hurt them. You came out okay. <laughs> True. When, You're there. When 21 was um, probably about 18 months, we went to Perth, which is about a five-hour flight from Sydney. Mm. And on the flight on the way over, he was the, with the day and all that sort of thing. He was up for about six or seven hours, so he was extremely tired on the flight and wanted to go to sleep. But everyone sort of smiling and making him stay awake, and he was so excited. So he got overstimulated and was crying, and we were trying to cover his eyes, and people were going all those sort of things. <sighs> Eventually, we get to Perth. He's shattered, hop in the car, and he's asleep in like ten seconds. So oh, we're, poor baby. <laughs> so we're prepared to on the way home. We go and get drugs to make sure he sleeps on the plane. Okay. Perfectly legal prescription yes. medication. Let's make that clear. But go on. We make sure that he's, you know, ready. Well, we have some too. It's called Dramamine. It's okay. Go ahead. We've got everything set up. The plane taxis out from the terminal as we're leaving Perth. He falls asleep. He sleeps the entire flight, which is like four hours. The plane lands in Sydney. He wakes up and says, "I'm ready to play." No, no. We were shattered. Best laid plans. <laughs> no. But it was a very we had, flight. We had the other day, uh, for my birthday, one of my friends took me to a restaurant and there was a, a large group there and they had a little baby and the baby was a little fussy and oh gosh, the baby was absolutely adorable, but he was crying a little bit and he was kicking and fussing some and I actually had the father apologize to me because there weren't very many people in there and we were there and he's just like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, for what? Mm-hmm. It's your, your baby's being a baby. It's fine. He's adorable. Let him cry. It doesn't bother me. So, uh, you know, it's some people though, I guess some people are very, very critical about, can't you shut your kid up? I've never been that way. About, the is that adds to the whole vicious cycle because, you're, the parents yeah. thinking, oh God, the rest of the plane is hating us now, and you know we're being embarrassed right. and that, and then they it, that comes across to the child that, that lack of you know all that that mm-hmm. problem. To, and all it does is increase the tension, and exactly, that baby can yeah. feel that. Yes, exactly. yeah. I was like, let your baby cry. He's not bothering us at all. He's precious and sweet, and just let him cry. It means it's healthy. <laughs> oh, can I give you a tip for traveling on a plane with children that aren't your own? Sure. If you're sitting in a double seat and you're with your partner and behind you there's a parent with a small child and there's a gap between the two headrests that you can then look back and see the child don't in the first 15 minutes of an eight-hour flight start playing peekaboo (laughs) (laughs) so i want you to play all eight hours (laughs) absolutely true story (laughs) how funny i take do you know this by experience I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't you. It turned away and went to sleep. <laughs> How funny. No, it was okay. a really nice kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's always nice when you find some that are fun to play with. And I just, in restaurants, I often find little ones that, you know, are climbing around in the booth because, you know, they're bored, their parents are talking, and they they're ready to go and so I'll be waving at them and making faces at them and they'll just stop and they'll look at me like I'm crazy probably because I am and so <laughs> it's um yeah, children are a blast they're so much fun and 
I don't know. That's probably why I'm a teacher. I really do like kids. I like them a lot. And I, I enjoy the fact that I can help shape their lives a little bit. Sorry for talking to you. That's all right. Okay. The next story I have for What age group do you teach, Mel? Oh, um, I've taught, I teach high school, which in Australia means I'm teaching anywhere from an 11-year-old to, and I think the oldest child I've taught was 19, but my school is a sister school with a primary school, so I've taught down to about eight-year-olds. And I've just been invited by my brother to go and visit his children's childcare centre and be the travelling insect woman because I've got all these pet insects in my laboratory and they're doing bugs, oh. so I'm going to go and visit the teeny weeny weeny ones and try and say, you know, it might have six legs, but it's not scary, and you know, it's your friend. So we'll see how that bug goes. Lady. Oh, my daughter is so scared of bugs. The other day we were at a store. Oh, it was yesterday. <laughs> we had to go get her some medicine from the store because, well, because of the ear infection and everything. And since I couldn't go get the other medicine until later today we had to get her something to hold her over the night and they gave her a shot and she was not happy about that. But as we were walking back out to the car, there was this very tall beetle and it was big. I mean, it was a substantial size. It was dark and we could see it even in the dark and it was very tall. And she's like, "Ah." and I'm like, honey, it's a beetle. It's not going to hurt you. And she's like staring at it with these big, huge eyes. And I'm like, just get in the car. And so she like backs up. Mm-hmm. She watches it really closely until it kind of goes into the car and then she runs and she jumps into the car from like three feet away to, to try to make sure that she doesn't have to go anywhere near this bug. And then she slams the door as fast as she can and almost knocks my son in the head at the, in the process. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I have such a girly girl. <laughs> Do you want to know anything that can really throw children when you're talking about bugs? Hmm. Most people, when they talk about them, they'll call it a he. Whatever it is, you know, they'll call it a he. Yeah, and it's snakes and lizards, the same things. If you want to throw people, I've had people, grown-ups, when I've talked to their kids or something, turn around and say, why are you calling it she? Because I call them she all the time just to, you know, (laughs) rifle things up and, you know, make them think about their assumptions. And I have had parents turn around and say, they're all he's. I'm just looking and thinking, do you get how you got your kid? (laughs) You know, that's not how it works. But that's it funny, though, because until you said that, I'm thinking to myself, well, they are all he's, but of course they're not, are they? No, probably not. <laughs> no, they can't be all he's. Well, just about. You just assume that something that's going to scare you is going to be male. Right. Well, I don't know. Some people are very scared of women. ones are the females, that's for sure. To look exactly. at. Yeah. We have Actually, when you hear about what here. spiders do to each other, then yeah. Oh, yeah, that one is kind of, ooh. And it's the women that do it, isn't it? Yeah. That eat the, the mate? Sometimes. Not always. Not always. No. Um, I was about to say something and I just lost my train of thought. Thank goodness. Can you talk to him? Oh my goodness. Stop it, you. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was related. Um, oh, I was going to say, in a bug's life, they have the ladybug. <laughs> oh, so we got, we're getting yes, on technical right. stuff now. <laughs> it's a ladybug that, that is the boy. That's and right. it was, it, he's funny. I like that character. Anyway. I think that's all I was going to say. It was nothing really intelligent to add to the conversation. I was just proving my that I've watched Love a lot of children's. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of that movie, they have the bloopers, and you sit there watching the bloopers, and then you actually think about what you're watching, and you realise <laughs> yeah. that they have animated it, and that does not happen by accident. And they would have, it means you know, that they sit there on purpose. So natural. Natural. They're so good. It is it's excellent. Yeah. It's when they sort of break character and they start laughing and stuff, and you're like, oh. mm. <laughs> they're just like real. Pe- oh, hang on. 
credits at the end are the best thing. I still, the one I love the most out of everything is the um, credits at Wally. Because of the credit oh, yes. Wally, where they go and they give you, I mean, I wish I was an art teacher because they do the history of art going from, you know, Paleolithic stone wall paintings, you know, through all the different stages of art, like Egyptian hieroglyphics, et cetera, et cetera, and then up to Impressionism and Modernism. It's, ah, oh, it just blows me away every time I watch that. When my husband and I go to movie theaters, and actually my friend uh, also, when we go, we are some of the only people that stay in the theater mm-hmm. to watch the credits. We always stay to watch the credits because they're just, they're hilarious yeah. in some cases. Or yeah, There are very few movies anymore that don't put anything in there to see at the very end or to have in the middle that, you you know, to interest you. I guess they do that because they actually want the people in the credits to get noticed. But we still don't notice the people in the credits. I think we more watch what's going on around the credits. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. The next news story I would like to cover is from... Oh, wait, when did, where did I get this one? Oh, no, this one I got from Graven. Uh-oh. And so, I know, I know. It's okay. I get, uh, This one is au.news.yahoo.com, and it's called Bungling Bandit Gets Stuck in Restaurant Window. So, apparently, there was this bandit. Oops, wait, I sent you the wrong link. Hold on. I sent you the, the man aisle again. There we go. All right. It's Australian. Yes. Well, it did come from Graven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently, it says a bungling armed bandit burst into South Melbourne Hungry Jack's restaurant last night using the drive-thru window, but got stuck. What's hilarious about this is after he got stuck, he still tried to rob the place. He's like, when the would-be robber became wedged, staff at the fast food venue in Kingsway South Bank tried to shove him back. Police say he then threatened them with a steel lever, but staff refused to open the till. So as he's hanging in this window, stuck, he's like, give me all your money, and waving something at them. I find that, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't well, he believe he got away. Job, you know? yeah, it's, it's called just, focus. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> Hungry Jack's is actually Burger King. Ah. Oh, then why that, is it named Hungry Jack's? It's a really long uh, court case. It's and a whole life Burger King. And Burger King lost. So it's now called oh. Hungry Jacks. So there's a, there is a Burger King that's trading under that the name. Burger, the Burger King food is served in Australia as Hungry Jacks. Ah. Oh wow! Yeah. So if you're a really big Burger King fan and you don't want to go to McDonald's, if you go to Hungry Jacks in Australia, you'll, you'll be looked after just fine. It's good to know. It's hmm. essential. Yeah. We have big arguments about whether we're going to go to McDonald's or Hungry Jacks on the when we're doing road trips and things. So we've got people just, that are very biased either way. I just, I guess, I don't understand why it can't be called Burger King. Is it because there must be another company Jacks? called Burger King in Australia when they launched? Surely, if it's a it was a bit more issue. complicated than that, I think actually. But yeah, it, it's the basic principle. Somebody is it a Republican thing? <laughs> <laughs> King? Nah, well, mate. Could be we're it. trying to get rid we're of the Queen already. <laughs> Hey, actually, can I ask about um, London Olympics, Jeppy? Sure. Or, or dreams? I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch the opening ceremony. Oh, I didn't either. They didn't. Pu- they didn't televise Absolutely it here until much stunning. later in the day. Absolutely we saw. Stunning. I saw a really small edited highlights, and apparently, I'm going to have to see what Rowan Atkinson did during it because it, my son was just blown away. So it must have been really good. But did I see a big inflatable Snape in there, or did I imagine that? No, you did. <laughs> you saw Snape. So Professor Snape was in there. They they played up Harry Potter and they played up Lord of the Rings. They did Wonderful. they did loads of, they did loads of Shire stuff, yeah. Wow. Because it's, all, cool. it's obviously Tolkien and stuff, and they really focused on all the things that were quintessentially British. Hmm. 
So yeah, and they had uh, James Bond and Mr. Bean and mm. yeah. Oh, and Mel just sent me a link. Forty-two. To oh, sorry. At the beginning of his name, it says Mel, and then it says forty-two. Yeah. Sorry, forty-two just sent me the link to the Burger King Corporation versus Hungry Hungry Jacks on the Wikipedia. So I'll go ahead and put that in the uh, in the notes, so anyone who would like to see what went on with that can can take a look at it. That's kind of cool. Generally, they're declaring the opening ceremonies a major success. I think almost as good as Sydney. Well, Sydney was some on the back of a kangaroo, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That was Brisbane in 1982. (laughs) I think they're saying that Beijing was a bit more spectacular, but nowhere near as funny. (laughs) I think they also had more heart, people were saying. Yeah. And it was a wry, dry sense of humour is how it's being reported over here. It's good because, uh, to be honest with you, the general feeling or that seemed to be the zeitgeist about the Olympics was that it was all going to go horribly wrong. Although it still has time, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But <laughs> but the, the opening ceremony is the sort of thing that you think, well, if it gets off on a bad start, then the rest of it's not going to be great. Mm. And actually, I think most people were pretty surprised that we managed to pull it off. Well, isn't that, I mean, the general consensus with anything that's coming up? I mean, you have a wedding coming up. Yeah. Your fear is, oh, my gosh, it's going to you know, go horribly wrong. A, you have other things know, coming up. As an American, you don't really understand the, the, the British feeling towards stuff. Mm. We just assume that things are going to go horribly wrong. And a lot of the time, we're right. <laughs> I must admit, when you so, had 4,000 security staff missing, that was one of the things I thought, oh, that's yeah, not voting well. That's but then again, we nearly well didn't that, light our Olympic flame. Was it like two weeks before this, Sunny said, has anybody asked the security people if they've got enough people yet? Oh, let's, but let's, mm. no, we haven't. What? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know what we need. Make sure that they all speak English. Oh, no, no, most of them don't speak English. What? <laughs> <laughs> It was, great. It, was, it was just the way that they sort of said, you know, we really should check on this. <laughs> they were all so shocked. Two weeks ago, just tick the boxes. Yeah. I thought the, the biggest thing was just lying. They were just saying, oh, yeah, we've done it all, don't we? No, but don't bother coming to check or anything. Oh, yeah, we've done the it. The biggest risk I thought they took, though, was Beckham driving the speedboat down the Thames. I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> a shot of the of the queen parachuting into the stadium which is quite cool we saw that <laughs> which she <laughs> with daniel craig she, though. she's grumpy they showed she a shot of her face but she was up past her bedtime and she's 86 oh yeah i know but you know crack a smile girl it's only once every four years but she parachuted into the stadium seriously she didn't know they set it up to look okay i was like seriously because <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be a security risk at all I well I, I I never well okay that not never there are times when Jeffy says things that I just don't know if it's true or not and since I did not you, watch you could take a wild guess at that last one yeah you, usually I just usually I just flash out with liar but this time I was like you know I, I was afraid I was going to call you a liar and you're going to go no she's a really boisterous queen and she did this and I was like. <laughs> They did have shots when the little bit we saw, we did see Daniel Craig actually did go to Buckingham Palace with Corgi's training, yeah. etc. So he was actually there with the Queen, and it was just clever yeah. editing. Mm. It's very gotcha. Very to go back to the story, got though that guy showed real focus, <laughs> trying to get through the window and still trying to get the money, even though he was caught. 
he's stuck. I mean, but he got away. So getting yeah, away is a bit I don't get. Did, did he take money or did they just say, nah, we're not giving you the money? No, they, they didn't give it to him. They tried to push him back out the window. It says some of the staff were quite young and they were terrified during the incident and still are. They don't they, they don't expect to have someone jump through the drive through window, that's for sure. And so yeah, it, it says he was last seen running toward Kingsway. And it gives his description and then a telephone number if you know who it is. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Are we sure it's not Graven? No? Okay. Just for sure. Graven. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's tall enough. Uh, I don't know. They, they, got a, they got a shot of his face, though. I imagine he'd be pretty easy to find. But, wow. He's covered in burger fat. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck in the window. Who's going to dr- crawl through a drive through window to rob a place? That's crazy. Oh, our drive windows. Oh, that guy. If you look at that picture on the left there, you can see, you know, it's really stupid. It's body length wide, which is a body width wide, which is really strange. Right. It's almost tempting you to jump through. It is, isn't it? I think Hungry Jacks is as responsible as he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Darn you for making your windows too wide. See, the trouble is, in this day and age, you really do need to have a sign saying, please do not try and jump through this window. <laughs> Don't joke, I could see it happening. <laughs> well, they've got to have signs on coffee saying this coffee's hot or this yes, or this apple true. pie should not be eaten directly from the packet, you know. <laughs> We've got milk bottles here that say open Or do up not use end. your do not use your hair dryer in the shower. Yeah. 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 Or microwaves, this is not a dog warming system. <laughs> and what do they have on irons? Do not use while wearing the clothes. <laughs> oh. See, I don't know. I wonder where some of these come from, and I wonder oh, if they safety. just put it on there. That way, if someone does do it, they can't be sued because they warned a person. Well, no, but I you know, I've met someone who has ironed sex. themselves and has got a steam burn from ironing themselves because they were in a hurry and they went to go and fix something up <laughs> in their dress, and they actually have an iron burn on their belly because of it. There you go. So, yeah, and that's scarred, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You promised not to tell. Well, I wasn't going to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, is that some sort of tattoo? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, but that's a good idea to cover it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have an iron on your belly? Uh, I'm Iron Man. What else? Uh, <laughs> I was after a six pack. <laughs> oh, goodness. I sent you a story about McDonald's and somebody trying to get some food. Same sort of logic. So it doesn't just happen at Burger King. Oh, yes, you did. It's from WBTV.com. It says, drunk man jumps through McDonald's drive-thru in attempt to get food. Hold on, let me. You, you sent it to. No, in America. No. So it's not just our windows that are too narrow. It's right. not just yours. It's not just yours. This happens in every country, apparently. There you go. I sent the rest of you the link. Drunk man jumps through McDonald's drive-thru in attempt to get food. A Rock Hill man was arrested Thursday after police say he jumped through a McDonald's drive-thru in attempt to get his food. So, I mean, this guy wasn't trying to rob him. He just wanted his food faster than McDonald's. It's giving it to him, apparently. He really had the munchies. Uh, yeah. yeah. He became enraged and jumped out of his car and into the drive-thru window entering the restaurant. <laughs> Wow. I, I don't know about other people, but jumping through a window does not seem to me to be an effective way to get your food more quickly. No, I have to say, sometimes when you go to a drive through and the people behind the counter are talking oh. and not, I, oh, I, I suppose, feel like jumping through that window. <laughs> so, in our local people, area, it's a huge line of cars. And, it does say that he pulled up to the window and demanded his food immediately and refused to pay first. Oh, oh that's, yes, that's peculiar. Yeah. 
he was drunk. People do dumb things when drunk. Then again, some people do dumb things when sober. I think those are the ones I would worry about more. Mm. Or I'd worry about because imagine people getting when they drunk. got drunk. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I think basically the same thing. Yeah. If they're dumb sober, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so apparently food is important to some people, and jumping through drive-thru windows is becoming a new Olympic sport. Okay, hold on, let me add that to my list. Um, so if they were jumping through to get to chocolate, you know, I could understand it, but we're just talking about oh, yeah, McDonald's that's perfectly normal. King. Yeah, yeah cho- chocolate is understandable. McDonald's food, mm, not so much. Not so much. No. All right, this is one from the link that, I don't know which one of you sent it to me, that... Um, the weird true freaky website not me was that so it must have been 42 i don't want to take credit for it <laughs> <laughs> how weird and freaky is it <laughs> well if it's me it, okay and so 42 sent me this link through or sent me a link to a website right. and it's at news.com.au and it, it well the original website was Oh, goodness, hold on. The original website was, oh, it is the same, news.com.au slash weird true freaky. And one of the... the, I was just going to say that's the Murdoch press for those of you over in um, Britain. Fox. Fox for Americans. Yeah. I I just thought I should let you have a context. Continue. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Debbie, you'll like the story. Okay, so... I like the story. It's the Murdoch. I'm not too fond of it. Mm. (laughs) I looked at I this story headline and I went... bet you when he took American citizenship, weren't you? Who what? Murdoch he took gave American citizenship. citizenship so he could become an American medium. I think he gave it up before it was taken away. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Not highly respected <laughs> over here. <laughs> okay, I looked at this news story and I was like, wow, duh. <laughs> I would think that this was, I don't know, it just seems to make sense to me. And I don't know why they had to do research to figure this out, but I'm kind of glad that they did research to solidify it. But it says, love is not only blind, it also makes you stupid, UK research claims. So <laughs> so it says that they were actually studying people's brains and they would show them pictures of boyfriends and girlfriends with whom they were truly, madly and deeply in love with. And their brains were actually affected. It says the rational parts of their brain were affected by a rose-tinted spectacle syndrome, and their hearts ruled their heads, dulling their critical facilities. And so, or faculties, sorry, not facilities. Woo-hoo. I'm thinking of poo again, apparently. Anyway, so when they're looking at the person that they love, they literally can't think rationally. It's impossible. Hmm. Which is, I guess, where the phrase love is blind would come from. Because I've done stupid things for love. I don't know about y'all, but I certainly have. But, yeah, what do you think? Well, I'm sitting here thinking the people that have you know, just done their 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. Perhaps that makes our IQ <laughs> down. <who> <laughs> Only when you're looking at your partner. Uh, so look at each other now, and are you sitting right here? next to each other? Are you still thinking rationally? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I think if you if you talk about being married as being one level of stupidity, I think when Excuse you me? <laughs> you're right next to me within arms length. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's actually when you have the children. Well, you said the IQ goes down. It's really showing evidence of it so far. It's actually when you have children because you get a group of women together after they've had their children and they'll sit there and they'll go, you know, with my first child, I sat there and had a child for 17 hours and it was really painful. It was really awful. And then I went through and had my second child and I did it for 14 hours. And then you go, how many more kids did you have? I had another two. So you did that four times? <laughs> yeah. And that's all you talk about is like 14 and 17 hours. How stupid are they? And then they Why brag about it. I love their husband. Well, this, this being said by a man who will never have to experience that pain, just saying. You should see the scars in his arms from when uh, I go to horror movies. He, he experiences pain. Not the same kind of pain, but I can't cope with scary movies, poor man. <laughs> well, that's his fault for taking you to a scary movie. Does he not have much of a hand or arm left over when you're done? Well, the problem is when we go to premieres of movies, you know, the first week they're out and you don't know anything about the plot line. He took me to see Jurassic Park. And I don't really, really don't cope with tension, suspense, anything like that. And there's a scene, obviously, with several T-Rexes or a T-Rex and a lot of those velociraptors. And he's, in all seriousness, he was bleeding by the end of it. I just would hold on to his arm, so frightened <laughs> by what was going on. But he gave me his arm. So what does that say about him? He's a very lovely man. <laughs> to go, go back to the story, it, it is actually quite true because um, when Mel and I were first going out, she rings me up from her parents' place and goes, I'm going to come over and have a visit. And I go, oh, that's really nice. And she says, just hang on a tick. And she puts the phones down. And 20 minutes later, she's knocking on my front door. And she left the phone and still off the hook. I was just parents. so <laughs> looking forward to seeing you here. That's what it was. Rushed out the door. <laughs> this is, did you know Balfonia, you know, because you had it on a cord. And I just didn't carry it with me. Well, here's the question, 42. Did you hold the phone to your ear all that 20 minutes? Yes. <laughs> so who's the stupid one? Who's the stupid one? <laughs> Oh, wow. That's hilarious. I mean, even more stupid, she says, I'll meet you at the cinemas in the city. You're coming up from the south coast, so it was quite a long drive. And she said, I'll meet you there about 6 o'clock at night. She turned up at 10 o'clock at night because they'd had traffic delays, so she's like four hours late. I just walked around the cinema waiting for her and waiting for her and waiting for her, not even thinking of going. Well, you knew you'd have to Did you? <laughs> Did you know about the traffic problems, though? No. It was, this is all pre-mobile phones or anything like that. And it never occurred to me to go and listen to a radio. You wouldn't have had and so you just and, and were you angry or did you just wait for four hours and not mine? Um, I kept on thinking, am I at the wrong place? What have I done wrong? Did she actually end <laughs> this cinema or the cinema that's around the corner? So I was running between the two and checking. <laughs> oh yes, and Mel, if he hadn't have waited, how would you have felt? Four hours. I think I would, you would have given him a pass, wouldn't you? I, I, I would hope so. It would have been pretty much a case of why I think it was a case of I can't believe you're still here. So, you know, maybe that's yeah. together. Yeah, that's a long time. He's wow. Great. Talk about dedication and devotion. Well, you should see him with our kids. He's brilliant. He's really good. That yeah, sounds good. He sounds like a very nice man. Thank God. To wait for you for four hours. I would have gotten there and my husband would have been like, four hours, really? All this time? <laughs> or he would have gone home after like three of them three? and go, oh, sorry, I already went home. Jeez, that must be cool. Well, like, Ten minutes, I'm out of there. I think it just proves <laughs> this research. <laughs> so, so you were thinking about her, and so your rational thoughts all went away. But it's it's interesting. Like I said, this to me is more like a duh. I mean, all you have to do is look at teenagers oh, yeah. or college students in love. And I have to say that I got married when I was in college, so I, I was you know one of those college students in love. But just. <laughs> 
they do the stupidest stuff sometimes. And you think, what were you thinking? Well, now we know they weren't. That's true. And it's because they can't. Isn't it? <laughs> Which means you really shouldn't try and raise chemical. it. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's chemical. It's chemical reactions in the brain. That, you know. Do you remember the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Love the Rocky yes. Horror Show, yeah. Yeah, we used to go yeah. and see it. Okay, we were at uni. We went sessions. to the midnight sessions. You go to the midnight dressed session, up. dressed yeah, up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mel who? one time, well, Mel said to me one time, why don't you wear stilettos and fishnet stockings? She didn't. Even, I didn't know argue. I put them on. You wanted to wear them. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if we need to go down to any more detail. So, so you walked in dressed like a transvestite. <laughs> well, he's six foot four, so oh. he was a very, very, very clearly transvestite guy in his frock, etc. He looked quite good though. Or for the English, it was great fun buying petrol that night. Or for the Yanks, it was great fun buying gas. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Wow. It's great fun in the petrol station walking up with fishnet stockings on. You had and a great a time. You're not an extrovert. I, I never got past uh, going as Eddie, I'm afraid. <laughs> but it, well, what well, we need now, see, do you guys have photographic evidence? Because, you know, if there's no pictures, it didn't happen. Well, we do indeed have photographic oh, evidence. Oh, no. You should totally send it to me so I can add it to the, the podcast notes. I'll see that if I can drag it I up. I'll have to scan it. I love those midnight showings. I used to love it. They what were brilliant, they? weren't they? They show, what did they used to show beforehand? Like something like the opera? Oh, uh, I don't think they did that over here. Do you know here. what the sound is? Those photos being ripped up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, I don't know if I'm more worried that you ripped them up or that you had them directly next to your computer so you could rip them up because that means you would use them as reference often. No, it's actually only a scrap bit of paper, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> that would that, that would be true. I cannot I'm so imagine. Sorry. Our two children have just come in and ambush just blowing bubbles at us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're missing us so much since you can't talk to us. This is how you're communicating, is it? I'm covered in bubbles. Okay, thank you. Well, tell them, tell them we don't have too, too much more to go. I can't think of any, any other cinema event that, that was such an event. I used to, you know, I probably went about 12 times. Because mm. for a long time, they had it on permanent showing in London. They had it on at yeah, the they, uh, Prince Charles. Yeah, they did that at Hoyts at Sydney. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I don't think I ever, no, I've never gone to see it at a theatre or anything. I've only been able to see it by, or, you know, by DVD or yeah, see, by tape. It's, it's, you television. miss so much because it's a whole, it's a it's whole a conversation between the cinema screen and the and the people in the audience and they've got all their so props and stuff. And, yeah, you had to bring the right things because at some point they have a toast to somebody so everybody brings out their pieces of toast and you throw your pieces of toast in the air. <laughs> oh, I've heard. It's just I've heard. I just never Water attended. pistols and mm-hmm, newspapers. Mm-hmm. And I admit that part of, part of it is, you know, here, if you're a virgin, they do special things and make you do certain things. And, you know, their case, a virgin would be someone who had never gone yeah. to see it. And so I, I don't want to go because I'm a very bad liar and I don't want them to look at me and say – are you a virgin? And I go, no, and they wouldn't believe me. And so I would end up doing those crazy things. <laughs> so Everybody Jeffy, else is doing the crazy things, so it's no problem. <laughs> Jeffy, did you go and watch it because of Magenta and her wardrobe malfunction? I, ha- I have. That bit on the DVD gets stuck now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Columbia that has the wardrobe. Oh, it's Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Is there a point where they yell out, shoot her between the Show trips? us. 
<laughs> actually if you get the i think the blu-ray and maybe dvd double has the audience participation part on it as well it's pretty cool oh, wow. oh really yeah so you get to see all the all the to and frang and then i could claim i'm not a virgin if i ever go that's right <laughs> hopeful has been hopeful <laughs> okay well speaking of love and how it makes you blind there is a wedding that has recently gone into the Guinness Book of World Records as the most expensive canine wedding. And so, yeah, they spent $158,187 on a wedding of two dogs. And yes, it's these two dogs have been married in a lavish Manhattan extravaganza in what is now officially the most expensive pooch wedding in history. And the the dogs' names are what crack me up in this more than anything else. Okay, the bride's name is Baby Hope Diamond. Oh. And the the groom's name is Chili Pasternak. Oh. And and he's got blue and pink or blue and purple hair. The poodle has been the the, the hair has been dyed blue. It's a and, wedding day. What do you expect? Oh. That'd be scary. <laughs> And actually, when you look at the wedding as a whole, oh, no, it's got a pink tail, too. Uh, the wedding as a whole was actually a fundraiser. Uh, and everything that was in the wedding was paid for by donations. And so yeah. no one person went out and actually spent all this money on a wedding. They, It was all by donations. Let's see. And it says that the, the poodle, the, the groom, was not very excited about the wedding. He was not very into it, but that's okay. They gave him a pink um, tail. And is a brilliant dog. Are they surprised? <laughs> is a brilliant dogs in any of these photos? No, no. <laughs> brilliant dogs are little chihuahuas. So I imagine it looks kind of like the one Further down now. in the second picture in, in the back. The jealous chihuahua. Yes, but I don't know. That chihuahua looks like it's halfway between a blink and I don't know. That poor chihuahua. Oh, it's down oh there the we go. Too. It's in the third picture. Yeah. It says that. Oh, goodness. Hold on. I had it somewhere. Oh, actually, the the dog earned the Guinness record for... Wait, it says Lucky, but Lucky isn't up there. Oh, okay. Now I get it. All right. So Sorry. I, I swear I've read this before and I just lost track. It's still early. <laughs> it says that Baby Hope was adopted by animal welfare activist Wendy Diamond after her beloved Maltese died of cancer last month. And the Maltese's name was Lucky. Lucky actually earned her own Guinness record for the animal most photographed with famous people. She posed with more than 300 celebrities, (laughs) (laughs) including the Twilight actress Kristen Stewart and hip-hop star Snoop Dogg. I'm not allowed to mention her name now. Sorry. Oh, well, that was a rule I hadn't heard about yet. Now, why is this? Because she's cheated on – Case Stew has cheated on our pat. It's all over. He's moved out. Moved out, yeah. Mm. They're, they're actually very frequent visitors to the island, so I don't guess they're not going to come back anymore. Oh, Kristen Stewart? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, where have you been? <laughs> not asleep. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it says that. Um, anyway, it says that. It, it did get the Guinness World Record in the category of most expensive pet wedding at $158,187.26. The luxury goods and services that went into the wedding were all donated, and guests bought tickets for the fundraiser. So, I imagine it was a fundraiser for doggies. Hmm. You'd like to think so. Oh, like I would hope, hope so. so yeah. 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 It was probably cats, though. Oh, Given that the kick in the teeth. Maid of Honor is involved with animal welfare, you would imagine so. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, doggy pets in general, then. But, yes. And so, it, considering the fact that it's not, you know, people just paying out all this money, I, I'm more open to this one because it was a fundraiser and it was done by donations and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. gosh, that poor poodle, though. <laughs> I mean, she's the most photographed woman in the world and she gets in the back of a car with some dude. <sighs> mm. <laughs> You're still on that. Back at, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh dear lord, sorry. You're still talking about Kristen Stewart? Case do. <laughs> Case do. Is that like J Lo? Yeah. Case do. You're sounding a bit like most of Australia went when our when our Nicole um, broke up with Tom Cruise. You know, the previous wedding before the breakup, <laughs> and he yeah. he had been like the our adopted son, and he did the dirty on her, and his name. I don't think anybody over here is feeling very sorry for him at the moment. Dead to me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> dead to a whole country. <clears throat> God, I bet she would oh, get out of that, wouldn't she? Well, she seems very happy now. Mm. I, I know almost nothing about actors and actresses. I like to watch movies, though. Well, you got to know all their nitty-gritty. you got to know all their, you know, innies and outies. Yeah, I don't, I don't pay much attention. I don't know if it's because if I were famous, I wouldn't want people in my nitty-gritty or because, I don't know, I just... <laughs> Well, she I had some dude in drinks? the back of the car with, in her nitty gritty. <laughs> what questions? Well, you've talked. We've talked about you know favorite books and things. What's your favorite movie? Oh goodness, I don't know. <sighs> I, I, I guess I would yours, say Jenny. the one I like the most would be A Princess Bride. Ah, Ex- yes. I love Princess Bride, and it's just I don't know. It's it's like the basis for a ton of movies that I love and it doesn't hurt that the little boy, when I was a kid, I had a huge crush on him, like huge crush Harry on that little boy. And right now I can't even remember his name, but hold on. I can find out. My favorite movie is Blade Runner. Blade Runner. That's a mm-hmm. very good choice. Which version though? There's so many. Oh, see now I, I, I'm kind of alone cause I love the original with the voiceover with uh, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford doing the voice and p- people hate that for some reason. I don't know why. No, I enjoyed that I, one. I, I like it. Yeah, that was the theat- original theatrical. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, I'm not too, uh, you know, I still like the other one. I mean, it's it's just the, just an epically visual film. Superb. And they just have got I don't from a little. I think you've ever seen it, but I'll have to fix that. Yeah. And have you read the what actual? Goodness, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffy. You have read the book of the Princess Bride, though, haven't you? Yes. Oh, thank heavens. <laughs> yes. Because I, you know, I, it was one of the books I told you after I sent my list of my books that I liked in. I would think about you know twenty more to add on, and Princess Bride. That was one of the ones that I thought of. Oh, how could I miss that? What am I stupid? You know, I should have put that one in there. <laughs> Why can't I not find his name? Whose name? Carrie, are you after the guy that was Buttercup was in love with? No, no, the little boy that the grandfather was oh, reading the story to. Fred Savage, oh there we go. God. Okay. He, he turned real ugly though, you know. You could probably get him now. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's okay. I have I have Keeper. I don't You know where you're standing tonight, hey. I know, right? Apparently. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel. Jeez. He was such a cute kid and, and then something went mental with his eyebrows. <laughs> Well, eyebrows can be fixed. You know who was the same as that was the um, Lucas Haas. You know him? He was from Witness. Yeah, exactly. In Witness, he's a super cute kid. Then, Isn't he? Yeah. What oh, no, I'm going to have to type his name in. It annoys uh, Fred Savage is done. It annoys she must be a babe when I talk about the Harry Potter children as well. Because <laughs> when they were chosen early on, you know, obviously when oh, yeah. they were young kids, they were, you know, they were relatively, you know, presentable. Mm. But a few of them, geez, 
the kid the um, kid who plays Neville. <gasps> yes. Mm-hmm. Overbite. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you have a thing that's, about isn't that's fake teeth, though. No, because when I mentioned yes, no, it when is. I mentioned no, uh, is yeah. it fake? And he had cheek, he had cheek padding. He's look up a photo of what he looks like now. From what I understand, oh. he's quite nice. Oh, I, yeah, I, he. I, I don't yeah. look. I didn't think. That. He he's grown up quite good looking. Uh, yeah, so I was say, Jeppy, though, you have an interesting thing about overbites because when I mentioned Girls Rose on Doctor Who, you were just like, yeah, I like her overbite. I must admit like, that one jumps out at me. Yeah. That's not a teeth, though. What? Rose in Doctor Who. Billy Piper, those are her teeth, surely. <laughs> I'm talking about another part of her body. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? I'm going all my, my neck down to that gutter. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, Okay, so <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I enjoyed that too much. <laughs> now that we are arguing about whether a woman's overbite is actually her own. Hmm? So I like Rose, very good. One of my favourite companions. Yes, she was. Uh, it changes? That's yes. disappointing. It does. I haven't gotten past like the fifth or sixth episode yet. So. I have to say when, um, oh no, geez, I can't remember the actress's name, Catherine Tate. When he went to Catherine Tate, I was like, mm, mm. really? Mm. Although she did turn out to be quite good. She grew on me. Yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't like David Tennant when he first came in as a doctor because I'd really, really enjoyed oh, our first reboot. Don't say it too loud. God, no, no, I, I quite scared like him now. who must be obeyed her that. <laughs> She'd come tearing into this room and uh, <laughs> pull oh, the headphones away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the last story, I actually found one that is heartwarming, I think. I've been accused of not finding heartwarming ones, but just interesting ones. <laughs> you mean the dog wedding wasn't heartwarming? Uh, well, kind of a little bit because it was a <laughs> fundraiser, but no, not really. <laughs> oh. It was a Guinness Book of World Records one, though. So anyway, there was a New York man who caught a seven-year-old girl after she fell out of a window. And at first, I wanted to strangle the parents and say, what is wrong with you? But then I read on later that the little girl was autistic. And what what happened was she had, we have little window units uh, that have air conditioning and they have little like accordion type sides so it can stretch out to meet the window so you don't have a big old gap on either side. And she had opened up the side of one of those and she had crawled out and she was dancing on the top of the air conditioner outside her her parents' window and her mom was in the other room so she didn't even realize. And she started to fall. And so um, there's a man who happened to be standing outside. His name is Stephen St. Bernard. And he ran and he actually caught the little girl. So she didn't, you know, she didn't get hurt. And I find it fascinating, first off, that his name is St. Bernard. Mm -hmm. Because that's, of course, an animal that, yeah, that is known for saving people. And he's been very modest about it, apparently. And he's been very, very sweet. And he's 52 years old. And he actually hurt himself when he caught her. He tore a tendon in his left shoulder. From that's from always going to take a nasty turn when he sues the mother. Oh, that is not going to happen. <laughs> have to be such a naysayer. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, it's America, isn't it? Uh, it? It is, but not all Americans are mean. <laughs> oh, okay. And there's actually a little video. On the link that I sent to you, there's a video where you can watch, like, you can watch it happen, where he just, I don't know. But it, it's, it, it's 
Is the video of the girl falling out of the window? Yes. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually caught on camera, and so you can you can watch the window, and you can see the little girl dancing up there, and then the man just kind of walks up, and he just he catches her, and it's I don't know, it's it's wonderful that he was willing to uh, to do this. Uh, although I don't one, obviously it's child ball very good. Uh, very good that he caught the little girl, but I feel so. I, I worry about the woman, the or man who was filming. And wasn't oh, underneath the window trying to catch the girl. Oh, well, more no, about you, those you look at the then. video, they're an awfully long way away. They must have been up on another uh, window or something, I hope. Oh, filming across from, the like, road. I just, think, yeah. yeah, something I like that. Why in the world they just happened to, to be filming out their window that day? Unless they saw the little girl dancing yeah. in the air conditioner and just wanted to film her dancing on the air conditioner thinking it was funny. That would disturb well, me. Or if they were calling it for evidence of child neglect and they were going to call the police and, you know, at the same time say, yeah, she really was out there. I'm not making it up. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Well, but the police say that they don't think that the the mom did anything criminal because, you know, this girl is autistic and, Hmm. you know, autistic children are very delicate and you have to, Mm. you know. But the person across the road wouldn't necessarily have known that if they just looked out and saw a child possibly in danger. But I still, like my first instinct would not be, yeah, the last line of the story, I'll, I'll get there. I but, but my first instinct when I see a child dancing on an air conditioner would not be, ooh, let me get out of video camera. It'd be, oh, my God, I'm going to get out of this house and I'm going to try to get that child out of that window. Then I'm going to do something about it, you know? Yeah. But, ugh. Yeah, the last the last line, it says, uh, this morning friends and neighbors are calling St. Bernard a hero. No, a hero is a sandwich. I just saw a kid. That's it, said St. Bernard. So That's good. Classic. Yeah. He's, I don't know. He's. He's, gonna he's very sweet. He, he seems very sweet. And I suspect, anyway. when, it ha- I suspect when it happened, he um, caught the kid, put the kids on the ground. You know, the excitement that he's walking home, about halfway home, he goes, my shoulder really hurts and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I imagine he would feel that right away. But it seems like he's the kind of man who didn't care. He saved a little girl's yeah. life. And so, you know, he'll take the he'll take the hospital bill. He'll take it. And yeah. so. Yeah, and he, he seems so humble about it. He's not like, oh, yeah, I saved this kid. It's more like, no, stop it. All I did was do anything that, you know, do something that anybody yes. would have done. Any other decent person oh, would have done, yeah. 26 treasure in- chests. Sorry. Huh? Well, 26 <laughs> chests, that last one, nice. Our paper actually, went. Sorry, do you actually get 27 treasure chests in one hour? I know this is completely wild talk. You're saying in one hour you'll get 27. Yesterday, got 37. See, we've done. We were listen, when I was listening last week. We've done this, and we have got at the most three. And we haven't done what you were talking about with a brilliant. And um, she's only in there for five minutes. We've both taken a potion before an hour long slog through Oldham or whatever it might be, and that's all we've ever got. The most was three in an hour. Which, so we stopped I've using the potions. More like when I've done it, I've gotten around twelve or thirteen. I haven't gotten you know twenty seven or thirty seven, but I have gotten twelve or thirteen. I've been screen capturing them because people don't believe me. We believe you. It's like not fair. <laughs> you have to understand oh. that where I am stood, you know, over in the fractured front in Deep Home, you're killing 800 trogs in that hour, maybe more. Yeah. So yeah. it's a whole different thing. And, and they, you know, you, every every batch of trogs, are, you know, there's probably a dozen in there. Yeah. Well, we were off in. Um, you said fractured front? Fractured front, yeah. Ooh. Was it in Deep Home when we were going and doing the leather farming? But we shouldn't talk about that too much. No. <laughs> Because other people will then know Jeppy, and that would be bad. Well, a lot of people already know. Yeah, Jeppy. I've noticed a few. <laughs> I've noticed a few people over here today, which is quite annoying. I guess because it's a weekend, and I get <laughs> I get all defensive. I'm like, hey, those are my trucks. Yes. So we I tend to not go and do my treasure potions unless Jeppy's not there. 
I wait until you can come fine. along when I'm here. You suck anyway, so that's fine. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I love you. Someone's got to loot for you. Yeah. Actually, that would be cool. Yes. Dreams. But you, you don't. Hey, you told me you don't want to play with me anymore. That's true. Jimmy, have you heard about the most useful macro your hunters are going to have in Pandaria? No. Apparently, hunters are going to be able to send their pets off to loot for them. <gasps> okay, man. Oh. Heart spray. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now if I have listeners who did not already know that we are WoW players, we are WoW players. Welcome. <laughs> Okay. Many of I'm the gonna, listeners, I'm though, gonna, did come from Control Out Wow. So I'm going to take a wild guess that those people that are listening are probably <laughs> core listeners. <laughs> Not all of them. I've had I've had un, uh, uncall. <laughs> I've had people. <laughs> I do. Have, yeah, I've had non-call people listen as well. I'm not trying to steal cause listener base. Wait, you're not, you're not stealing your. Adding, expanding. Sharing. If you were doing a well podcast, that'd be a different thing. But. Well, that is true. Which That's means what we're we should doing right now. Yes. <laughs> and so, but it has been lovely having you guys. Ooh, and no, I no, think no. it's Don't about finish. time. Don't finish. I have to ask a question. Okay, go ahead. What are you reading now? Right now, <gasps> turn it. Right now I'm still Not reading you. New York Man Catches Girl Falling From Window. <laughs> to our guests. <laughs> what's on? What's on I the actually, table at the moment? <laughs> Well, I'm just trying to think because the really bad thing I'm doing now is I've got the electronic book reader. I might have four books reading going at one time. So oh. I'm actually going through a um, rereading lots of my Agatha Christie's at the moment. So uh, I've been- oh, I love Agatha Christie. Mm. Mm. So, I love, love Agatha Christie. And I, sadly, I was actually rereading some Discworld because um, I've been reading Unseen Academicals and then Snuff trying to work out – you know, how I think the tone of his books is going towards the um, last two that he published. So, yeah, that's what yeah. I've been reading recently. Excellent. What about Fortitude? Hmm. Do you remember the books about Pax Narion? What? They're books. Yes, they're books. They're books. It's a, <laughs> a lady that's a, very similar to a paladin that goes around. She's a, she's a paladin. It's um, written by an author called Elizabeth Moon, and she's won the, uh, I'm going to go with the Hugo Award for other books that she's written. And it's from the point of view of if you took what was going to be the Tolkien world in about another, you know, 6,000 years or something, it's it's influenced by it. So you've got um, orcs and elves are still there, but in that diminished role that you would expect. And it's she was a mil- in the military and she's written it from the point of view of, well, how does somebody become a paladin, a fighter for right, etc. And it's very, very um, psychologically complex, and it's you know, quite. It appears quite um, well researched in terms of what it would have been like to be in that kind of an army, and you know the duties, etc. And just the kinds of tests of faith you would go through. It was really, really good series. If you haven't read it, oh, heartily recommend you it. Link that in the link in. Sure, it's called the Deed of Paxanarion. It's a trilogy, and then she's gone on and written some other books. But the trilogy's awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> you can tell we're married because Mel finished my sentence off again. <laughs> she she doesn't let you see much, does she? Come <laughs> on, say it for me. <laughs> She's rolling on the floor laughing at the moment. <laughs> Biting my tongue, not saying anything. And you, what's on your uh, bedside table? Oh, right now I still have Pride and Prejudice and Zombies there. Oh, I know, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that... <laughs> I have a bunch that I have that I would like to read on the next. Oh, in fact, I need to look at see what the free book was yesterday before I forget. I have a lot in line and I've actually, that one I have in paper and I've meant to read it for a while and I lost it in my classroom. And then I found it and I'm going to have to 
get it back to the person that owns it very soon. So I do intend to read that. But Pride and Prejudice is one of my favorite books in general. And so I'm I'm hoping this is going to be quite funny. So you slap a few so. zombies in there and you're gold, is it? I, I don't know yet. I'm going to find out. <laughs> I've read the first couple chapters, and so far I'm cracking up. That's the thing about the zombie novels, and it, it just makes – they make me laugh, like, really, really hard. So <laughs> I'm hoping that I can get that one done and out of the way so I can maybe read something non-zombie-ish, although I have really, really enjoyed the zombie stuff, I have to admit, just the, the light – well, I mentioned this, I think, in the last podcast. The light tone of the whole novel is just, I, I really like them. Cool. So, have, you, have you ever participated in a zombie walk? I have not. I have not either, but I was hearing some from some people that had um, done one down in Hobart. I was thinking, I think if I find out about the next Sydney one, that would be something fun either to go and participate in just to see the variety of costumes or to do. But it looked really, really fun. Oh, the free nook book this week is called The Entitled. It's the tale of modern baseball by Frank DeFord. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, um, so now am I allowed to close out, Jeffy? Did yes. Jeffy tell us what he was reading? Oh, Jeffy did not tell us what he was reading. Oh, um, I just finished reading again a fantastic book, or at least in my opinion, called Making History by Stephen okay. Fry. Oh, yes. Very good. Sorry. Is it nonfiction? No, it's uh, it's a, it's about it's time it's kind of like not time travel but um, time altering. It's very good. Oh, cool! It's, uh, you know, but with, it's with called a basis making of, history. Basis of sort of uh, getting rid of Hitler, which is very fascinating. Oh. And I just started reading. Actually, I tell you, I I read the first book and I'm halfway through the second book of a thing called the Maze Runner series, which was recommended to me by Alachia. Which is kind of a, a type of it's it's young adult, but it's it's like kind of a bit of a Hunger Games type thing. It's quite interesting. Um, so when you're saying maze, that's M A Z E, not M A I Z E. Yes. <laughs> right, it's, not yeah. about, it's not it's not about running on corn. It's about running for a maze. <laughs> um, we can make really good mazes from corn. Indeed, yeah. It's quite it's quite a, it's got it's got a bit of a lost vibe to it, you know where you learn things as the chapters go by it's a really fast read very small chapters very dan brownish you know that in that way where you um you know i've never read just it one dan more brown. chapter yeah. you've never read dan brown nope i'm not oh. trying to read angels and demons and i got really cross and so i stopped <laughs> uh i actually read one of his earlier novels called the deception point oh, that's the worst one Oh, it is horrible. Okay. The characterization is, is hideous. You, no, you, that's not what bothered me. The foreshadowing oh, bothered me well, at the end of the chapter. That's what about, foreshadowing. Little did she – but it's not. it didn't have to be as obvious. Little did she know she was not obvious. going to Washington that day. And I was like, no way. why don't I find out with the character? I want to find out with the character. I was that's just like, books are. All these books are fish and, fish and pull, fish and pull. That's how it works. Oh, it's not. Oh. Now, I have to say, I quite enjoyed Angels and Demons, and I did enjoy I did the too. Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. But as a, it's like um, like an aperitif to a proper book. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's the sort of thing you want when you've got, you're not necessarily wanting to have a huge amount of brain work. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's very fast and choppy and, and, you know, boom, 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 boom. And you're through every single chapter. And it's the same with this Maze Runner book. Although I would say the Maze Runner book has a bit more, a bit more of a plot to it, a bit more of a, you know, an 
uh, a good interesting plot and it, and you do want to find out what's going on and it doesn't have all that awful foreshadowing that i'll tell you the worst you like books, i've read sorry go ahead no i was just going to say if you like that you know very short chapters but absolutely action-packed without the foreshadowing all the dresden file books by um jim butcher they are absolutely brilliant that way you know you have to go on you cannot stop halfway through one of his books the, enough, the momentum like, just builds. I've a few of those just recently in, in audio mm. form. I don't know if I've got them in, in book form. But I've got James them. Masters reads them. Yeah, so I understand. I do, I do like it. Does he use his American or his, his English accent? He his uses American. his American accent. Thank God. Yes, those, exactly. I always wanted that job. Those first uh, few Buffies, when, I mean, she got, mm-hmm. he got incredibly good toward the end. But, but not initially. Oh, jeez. And the, was it Drusilla? Oh, my God. I wanted to just smash and her head. And her mother and father were Ameri- uh, British, weren't they? Isn't Barbara, I'm going to say the last oh, name wrong. Her parents were the parents of the people from Space 1999, Martin Landau yeah, and Barbara oh, Bay. Yeah. Oh, she's like, yeah. Yeah, she's like royalty in terms of her yeah. genes. <laughs> so she should have been able to do accents pretty well. She wasn't too bad. She was a bit, it was a bit, um, you know, Victorian trollop, but still. Mm. Juliet Landau. I always wanted that job reading the books for the audiobooks. I think that would be a very, very cool job. It really does. I've had this conversation with a few people who, there's some people who poo poo the whole idea of audiobooks, but I, I kind of mm. like them depending upon the quality of, but it's the quality of the narrator. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. only choose books which I would find interesting anyway, but if the narrator, mm-hmm. it, it's so important that the narrator is good. It's one of the things that I was listening to the uh, Game of Thrones books. Mm-hmm. And initially, I kind of liked, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, awful. He's a British actor. I kind of liked him initially, but now I, I can't stand it now. It mm-hmm. just annoys me. So, have you ever listened to, again, back to the Discworld? Have you ever listened to the Discworld books? I listened to the ones that had um, Baldrick. Baldrick. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Robinson. Tony Robinson. And I, <laughs> I listened to quite a few of the Nigel Planer ones, but not, I, I don't know. Yes, I have, I, I have. I think I've attempted to listen to all of them, but I've tended to go back to reading them rather than listening. How have you found them? Have you found them? I've. Um, well, I wish Tony Robinson had done the unabridged versions rather than. I think they have um, someone called Stephen Briggs does the unabridged versions now. So yeah. I, I enjoy Tony Robinson greatly. He does the voice acting so well that each character's so clearly got a different voice. It's. Yeah. I enjoy that part. Yeah, he's very and good. That's because Stephen Briggs is uh, Marvin. Plays Marvin in Powered Android in uh, the original Hitchhikers. He did not. He did. Well, I learned something today. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute. The when was the original Hitchhikers Guide to the Galaxy? Seventy. Like you're talking about the movie, right? right. Okay, because I heard that the the more recent one was horrid. <laughs> it's a, it was a radio. I think it was play really first. bad. It was a play for voices. Radio. Yeah. Radio oh, first. okay. And then it was then Doug Adams took it and made it into a book. And then the okay. TV series with the incredibly fake head for Zaphod. <laughs> that was so bad. I just heard that the movie did not do the book any justice. And both my husband and I were talking the other day and saying that we want to read that one because we have heard so many good things about it. And neither of us have read it before. I enjoyed and the movie so, as a movie. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think it was did you? so awful. Because so, I've heard that the movie was just horrible. The movie itself wasn't horrible. It just It's just not necessarily a good representation of the of how fantastic the book is. Okay. That's the problem See, I have, with when you take such a such a you know an iconic book that always that also had several iterations in it as as Mel was saying, T V series and a radio series. 
and then turn it into right. a movie. I mean, that's it's always gonna it's always gonna chip and fall, isn't it, at some stage? But as a movie, I, I you know it wasn't wasted two hours. It was a good film. I quite enjoyed it. Well, anytime you take a book and turn it into a movie, people need to understand that they can't have as much detail as the book has, or they can't have all the scenes, or they can't because my goodness, you'd have a six-hour movie or seven or you know twenty-four-hour movie there, and that's just not it's not something that people would sit down and watch. Mm. But. It's a shame it's because like, Douglas Adams had been working on that film for so long, trying to get that film made, and then he wasn't about mm-hmm. to see it released. And, he uh, he was actually in the movie. You knew that. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. With his nose. Also, they his nose. when they, when the things are popping <laughs> uh, towards the end, when the things are popping into existence, his picture's mm-hmm. there, isn't it? At the very end, it sort of slides in. But there's also I'm I'm going to get I, I feel ashamed because I can't remember the name of it but at some point there's a statue with a big nose and they deliberately modelled modelled it he gave, got a cast of his nose and it was Douglas Adams's <laughs> nose oh my which goodness. I really liked <laughs> yeah there was there, and there was lots of like little in jokes and stuff that people mm. who would have read the books and who had heard the radio show would appreciate which I thought was good I think I think it stayed you know I can understand some people having a little bit of yeah true to the spirit of Douglas Adams I think he would have enjoyed that film hey. So, and that's that's cool. Okay, well, that's good. That means that I might actually watch it then. But yeah, I, I, that's one of the books that's on my reading list that I do want to read. So I have a lot on my wish list. <laughs> but well, my character's name, I sort of insist you read it. <laughs> and and all the which one? Forty two. It's the answer to. Oh, everything. is it from? It's from oh, the book. I, dreams, dreams. You are stepping on thin ice. <laughs> Well, I told you I had read There's the book. even dolphins on the picture on the, on the Skype picture. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping somebody would notice. Well, but it's but people won't know. I haven't read the book, so how am I going to just make these arbitrary connections without having read the book? So long and thanks for the fish. Come on. Actually, I like that song. A lot of people didn't like that song, but I like that song in the film. So long and thanks for all the fish. Oh, you have to read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that every single book is a winner, but no. because you get in, you get engrossed in the characterization, you still need to read them all. They're very good. I think six now is there six or five? Still. Yeah, I think the guy who wrote um, the Artemis oh, Fowl. Like, yes, he took over the last one. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that was incredibly well received, unfortunately, but. You've read it. I haven't it? read it yet. I can't make. I can't make a judgment, but I keep intending to. Mm. Okay, well, that's one that I will put on my reading list then, and hopefully Keith or will too. I know he wants to read it as well. All of so, them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. I, see, I only thought there was one, so I've learned something else. But as soon as I would have read the one, I would have found out that there were more. I'm sure, but still. Oh. It's, it's. I think towards the end, it said the incredibly misnamed trilogy. <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> it's not a guide to the galaxy at all. It's a trilogy. No, it's not a trilogy. Five oh, the <sighs> trilogy three. three no, it's six. Two, but come on. Wait, five or six? You said that. It's six now. I think yeah. six now. Yes. Well, maybe it was just intended to be a trilogy. Don't you just want to reach through Skype and slap him in the head? Is that just me? <laughs> I'd like to get invited back one day, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeffy always treats me like this, and he's invited every episode. So. <laughs> right, okay. That was a good conversation. Thank you. It's cool. <laughs> and I have something new to read about this paladin. That sounds great. That does sound good. I wrote it down. Mm, Pexinarian. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking out of many of, or well, at least the last two podcasts with a whole bunch of notes. And so I've had, I've learned to keep a little notepad next to me because there's a whole bunch of in the last one that I want to read and this bunch in this one that I want to read. And We definitely have to have a reading list thing happening here. <laughs> well, I don't well, know if uh, James is going to talk about it, but 
there might be something on the way, isn't there? Well, actually, yeah, I could talk about it a little bit. I, I've been a longtime member of a site called writing.com and I'm very much, uh, I, I love this website. I love, it has everything for up and coming writers. There's a lot of, you know, just there's guides towards getting publishing. There's support groups. There's, I mean, all sorts of things for people that love to write and love to read. And, I talked to the owner of the website, owner and developer of the website last week, uh, or actually this week, and I asked him if I could start a podcast for writing.com. And he approved it, and he said he's not one for talk radio much at all, and so I don't know if he'll actually ever listen. But he said if it's you know decent quality, he wouldn't mind backing it up and funding it. And so, which you know, part of my grump today, and actually it's not my grump, but I when I went to go check the mail last night, on the very top of the mail was a package notice. I'll bet my new microphone is here, and I can't get it until Monday. Because it's sitting in the post office and the post office is not open again until Monday. And when I went to go check the mail earlier, it was not there. So I had no chance to get it today. So I'm very disappointed. So, But for the next recording, I should have my new microphone. Yay! But um, I've asked, of course, Jeppy to join me on the writing.com podcast that we're going to put out. And I'm still talking to my lawyers about that. Yeah, yeah. Capital of a deal. <laughs> And I have also, it's not like I'm going to get paid for it. Jeez. Anyway. I am. And I have, oh, you are. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and I have talked to a lot of the people on writing.com and I haven't gotten everything solidified yet. I've got a lot of ideas that are thro- floating through my head to try to figure out what I want to put on there. And so through there, we're probably going to have a lot of the local, of course, writers that we're going to push people toward. And so I, I might have a podcast coming out very soon that is all about writing and reading and everything like that. And so I'm really excited. And uh, especially for up and coming authors and, and people who really desire to be authors, because most of the people on this website they either, you know, they're, they're really good. There's a lot of people that are very good. And of course, there's some that are still learning. But the whole reason they're on this website is because they want to learn and they desire to learn, which is really nice. And so uh, there is a way that you can get the website for free. They do have a free account. So you don't have to pay. Uh, and that, that's at writing.com. It's just, of course, you know, paid members get more room to save stuff in and stuff like that. So I may have something coming out soon, but it will be based around a website. And so, you know, it's going to be more geared toward that. But I'll bet we could have reading lists and stuff on there. And I may be able to put some things between the two, you know, and kind of overlap uh, I a little I mean, uh, we've only discussed it very briefly, but I, th- I love the idea of, you know, obviously there, there's some website business to be dealt with and, and the fact mm-hmm. that you're going to be pulling up people who are writing as a passion, uh, non necessarily published writers, but people who are writing for passion. Yes. I mean, that sounds fantastic. But, you know, every writer is a reader as far as I can tell. And, uh, um, yes, absolutely. And the the, the um, ability to be able to discuss past and, and current books is going to be fantastic. I think maybe, you know... Obviously, you still need to, as you say, solidify things, but it seems to have yes. a lot of potential, both as a, as a uh, sounding board for the website itself, but also as, as a general sounding board for readers and writers. For, yes, and that is that is what I'm hoping, is that we can get you know some writing tips in there for, for people who want to write, and that we can discuss published authors and non-published authors, because my goodness, there are some, there are some people on that website that 
are just amazing. And also, you know, where they pull their inspiration from, because the majority of these writers pull their inspiration from published authors or from their childhood or from their past or from, you know, and I'm, I'm really interested in really digging in and seeing, you know, where these influencers are coming from. And, you know, especially those, they, if, if you ask most of these people where their influences are going to come or where they get their inspiration from, they're going to name, you know, you know, the Sherlock Holmes series or, you know, all, all of these Act different things. Christy, yeah. well, yes, exactly. Genres, yeah. Yes. And so it, I think it, it's got a lot of potential and I think it's just going to be a blast. I'm going to have so much fun doing this. And the poor owner is just like, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, um, what are you going to do with this? And I'm a moderator on the site, which means I've been there for quite a while. And I, uh, I edit some of the newsletters that go out. I, uh, currently, I edit the Action Adventure newsletter and the Notice and Newbies newsletter. And it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm really excited. And I've got all this you know, energy going through about this. And I've got people that are just like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going to help. And then I've got a lot of people who are like, I'm a writer. I don't talk. <laughs> and so the drumming up the people to join is. <laughs> if you get the chance, if you get the chance in the second or the third Bill Gary book, Garyan decides to learn to read. He's been told to do it, and Sanidra right. teaches him. And she says, "You have to write to read." And he goes, what? And he gets really confused. But is this probably a good starting point for where you're talking about reading and writing and putting the two together? Mm. Where he's trying to learn to do both and he didn't know you had to write to read. Thought they were two completely different skills, didn't Didn't we? Yeah. 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 Can I just ask? Can I I just ask a question to 42? Were you drawn towards the uh, Paxanarian books because the first one's called Sheep Farmer's Daughter? (laughs) (laughs) We're Australian, not Kiwis. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we we find it hard to distinguish. To be honest, with Tampa. <laughs> Wait, remind me again what a kiwi is. It's a little flightless bird. It's also the people from the New Zealand. Okay, that's what that's what it was. I know you guys have explained uh, it to me before. Yeah, and I just I forgot. Fruit. And and the big. Joke and what do they call you? Aussies. Yes. We're Aussies. Aussies from Oz. Okay. What do you call a kiwi that's lost half of its IQ? Gifted. An Aussie. Oh. <laughs> That's the Kiwi version. <laughs> oh dear! There's, it seems to me that there's this, this thing, there's the same sort of uh, rivalry between Canada and, and America. And yes, yeah. yeah. Anytime we, I don't know. I'm I'm more close to the Mexico border than to the Canadian border, so maybe I don't get it as much. But they always say "a" after everything when they're imitating Canadian. Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Hey, we're gonna go out to eat, eh? Hey. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really the only thing I've seen. <laughs> and to explain what Jeppy said, the joke about New Zealand is that where the men are men and the sheep run scared. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I know. <laughs> But, if I have anyone from New Zealand listening, I'm sorry. You won't have. And my dad came from Dunedin, so I'm half a Kiwi. You're half a Kiwi. Half a Kiwi. Half with with kiwi. the seeds. Gotcha. So his question was valid. Is that what you're saying? It's half valid. <laughs> but at least we're not talking about Tasmanians. Oh no, steady on. <laughs> you know, I saw a picture of a real Tasmanian devil late, or uh, a couple of days ago, and it did not look anything like Taz from Looney Tunes. I was shocked. No, it's not. I hope you didn't see one of the ones with the um, faci- the facial cancer that they've all got. That's really, really gross. Oh, no, I think I saw a healthy one. Oh, good. 
there's not very yeah. many of them left. We're probably going to lose them. It's terrible. Okay, now that I've now that I've um, half the world. proven no no now that I've <laughs> proven that I am quite adult sometimes. All right, I do believe that we need to go sometimes. ahead and finish up. This is <laughs> hey. <laughs> I thought it was for all the time. Stop that. Better finish. Well, I'm trying. We'll you never know, get we, out of here. We're never gonna <laughs> I feel like I feel like like you know when I had Graven on here and he was just trying to just go off on random topics just to keep us recording. Do you know the past two episodes have gone past what Graven tried to push me through? <laughs> what is the we went to Oh my goodness! Yes, it's almost another day. bad influence. <laughs> It's all oh, Jeppy's fault. It's all, hey, I like that. It's all Jeppy's fault. Sorry. You can close the show <laughs> no, it's now, James. Go on. I'll, let, I'll give you permission. Go on. Okay. No, it has been an absolutely wonderful show, and you guys have been a blast to have on here, and I hope you had fun. So I think this is a very random episode, probably more random than anyone put out recently. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's great. The listeners are going to love it. And so I want to thank all of you for being here. And especially since I had to wake up so early, I was afraid that you guys were going to forget and I was going to have to wake up early and go, man, now what? <laughs> but it, it's it's worked out very well. So thank you very much for joining. And Jeppy on this show. Chuck Giamatta. Hang on. Press. What? Oh, nothing. <gasps> nothing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Mr. I don't play when we record. He's dead. Don't worry. Calm down. <laughs> Okay, so I guess we should all say goodbye because Forty Two hasn't hasn't said too too much in this podcast. I'll let Couldn't him get say a bloody goodbye. Bloody word first. in edgewise, Paul Kay. You know. Whoa! <laughs> I lost well, the ability. Most of the show, all I heard was. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> is it always all like I, this? For all you? I can say is thank you very much, or domorigato. <laughs> That means thank you in Japanese. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that over and over and see if Domo I can repeat arigato. that. And I probably can. Domo and thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. We've had a really Wait, good time. Isn't that what they say at the beginning of Mr. Roboto? Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Domo Mr. Roboto. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't realize that was actually, wow. <laughs> Or it just made up, did you? Hey, we got you on another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> now we need something that's going to rhyme with Mr. Roboto. Um. <laughs> Let's not talk about Pajeros. Wow, I feel so dumb now. Okay. <laughs> and then Melindria, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. I've had a great time. <laughs> If nothing else, we have fun, and we hope that everyone else has fun listening to us make fools was, of ourselves. <laughs> can I just say at this point that if anyone else is asked to go on the podcast, you make it an absolute breeze to do as podcasting virgins. This has been a really, really fun experience. Thank you. Oh, good. I've had quite a few on here that have never recorded before, and I take a very laid-back approach in general. I just kind of let things flow the way they flow, and then eventually I pull you back when I look at the time and I go, oh, my gosh, this is going to be murder to edit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be so busy after this. No, actually, I don't.
don't think there's too much that I'll need to edit out of this one. This one's been a very good recording. The last one was as well. Sometimes I sit here and I'm silent for a while because I'm trying to get my thoughts organized. But other than that, I don't think there's much I'll have to take out of this. I'll have to consider the thing about your son's nipples, though. Um, <laughs> He'd actually probably be very grateful if you did take it out. But oh, I'm sure it's going to go in. He he went in. He, it's going to go in. He's going to hear about his nipples. I'm very glad to hear that he's a listener, though. That's very, very, that's very nice. That's very cool. And thank you for letting him listen to even the explicit episodes. <laughs> He's a big kid. We can't stop him anymore. Oh, that, that's true. That is true. <laughs> and you don't get too bad, I swear. And, of oh. course, JP, thank you so much for being here. The crack of me time. Over two hours, I'll never get back. Oh, did you enjoy the <laughs> No, it's been an absolute... Uh, I've been loved talking to, to Mel and, and occasionally to 42. <laughs> <laughs> in in the brief moments that 42 managed to get a word in edgewise it's been a it's been a blast it, ha- it has been a lot of fun i agree and so basically what we do at the end as you've heard is we just all say bye oh oh but first before we go how did you guys like the new intro and outro i don't I know really if it. i haven't heard you, it did, you haven't heard it jeffy i'll send it to you so you can hear no, it's fine don't worry no you don't want to hear it's, it's not a very big plot. <laughs> it's like 30 <laughs> seconds long to put it together. <laughs> but anyway, I did what I've always been talking about doing is splicing everybody's, oh my goodness, not another podcast in. And I added a song that was available under. Bye! Hey! She <laughs> likes the name of the day. song. Stop it's it. Another day for Mel and 42. It's got a whole day. Ew. No, it's called Free Beer and Free Something. Wait, hold on. What? The the name of the song. See, I thought you'd like that. The name of the song that I put on there is called, and I couldn't say it on the last podcast because I didn't make it until after the podcast was over. I didn't finalize it. Oh, Free Beer and Free Music. It's called Free Beer and Free Music. And I got it under the Creative Commons license. Jebby, stop it. Stop it, Jebby. Stop it. (laughs) Behave yourself. I could see a crack of light under the door as I was heading towards it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now that I've gotten that out, anyway, I went to... Stop it! (laughs) I can always smell my dinner. (laughs) (laughs) He's dying. Anyway, Free Music and Free Beer by Alex Barroza. There. Sheesh. Anyway, now we can say bye. 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 In my defense, I tried to close out this show several times and you wouldn't let me. And you dragged us back in? (laughs) Yes. Are we going off on another tangent about how we didn't finish the show off again? Certainly. We're going to have a tangent about how we didn't finish the show off again, about how we didn't finish the show off again, about how we didn't finish the show off again. No, because I'm stopping. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Oh My Goodness, Not Another Podcast. The music that you heard in the outro and the intro is called Free Music and Free Beer by Alex Barroza. I use this music under the Creative Commons license.